December 26, 2017. This is Hyphen Nation, the world's greatest podcast, and I'm your host, Kellen Conley. Now, 2017 is rapidly approaching. I'm giving y'all two episodes <laughs> because I recorded episode 44 prior to Christmas and I completed it after Christmas. This episode was actually recorded on December 26th. Joining me in this episode is my newly minted semi-regular co-host, Marcus Showing Mad Ro- Wow. Marcus Showing Mad Love Robinson. Marcus has been on the show twice before. He was on episodes 44 and 45. No. Wow. Episodes 34 and 35. One time in person here at Victory Jump Off Studios and the other time over Skype. This time was a Skype conversation again because he's now in Texas and living the high life there with his new lady love. And... I actually decided to extend an offer to Marcus, which you'll hear, for him to be my semi-regular co-host of the show. The semi-regular co-host idea came to me from Michael Bailey. Michael Bailey is a prolific podcaster in podcast world. He has shows such as Views from the Long Box, From Crisis to Crisis, from Everything Comes Down to Superman, um... Overlooked Dark Knight, I believe. Tales of the GSA, which has been on indefinite hiatus. My man Mike has been doing the damn thing. One of the first uh, podcasts I heard of his that I actually listened to, because uh, of course I was on Better in the Dark. Um, and I actually want to say it was Eric Frome who uh, posted a link or mentioned it, said he was listening to Views from the Long Box. I checked it out. It was an episode about death in the family. Um, or what, yeah, it was death. I'm pretty sure it was Death in the Family. It, the 1988 Batman story that spoilers killed Jason Todd when readers called in and voted to kill Todd. Um, because they got to decide whether he lived or died at the hands of the Joker and they voted to kill him, which is a godsend in my eyes because then we got my man Tim Drake, who is one of my favorite comic book characters of all time. But Mike has. The main show, Views from the Long Box. And he would have one semi-regular co-host, is what he called him, named Shag Matthews. And since then, he's moved on to Andrew Leland. I think him and Shag still get together. But Andy is the one I see who does a lot of shows with now. So it's just something that there's a co-host on the show, but they don't have to be there all the time. So that's kind of what I wanted Marcus to be. Because this is Marcus's third time. This is the third time Marcus has come to me and said, we need to do a podcast. The first time was after our Drake and Kendrick Lamar conversation on Twitter. He's like, we need to do a podcast about this. And we did, and that was 34. And then after 444 came out this year, he's like, we need to do a podcast about this. And lo and behold, uh, actually it was a week or so before Christmas, he hit me and was like, yo, let's do a best of 2017 kind of thing, a, a 2017 wrap up. I have the topics. <laughs> I'm like, well, OK. I mean, I, I love the fact that I can just sit down and and let him dictate the show. I mean, don't get me wrong. So Marcus 
Marcus takes more of a lead role than I do in this episode, I kind of feel like. But even though Marcus takes such a big role in the show, don't worry, your fearsome leader is still featured prominently throughout. So we talked about the best and worst of 2017. We talked movies, we talked music, we talked artists. We discussed a little bit about the Marvel Cinematic Universe versus the DC Extended Universe. Uh, Spent a little time talking about The Rock for some reason. (laughs) I'm still not sure how we got on that tangent. I'm going to have to go back and re-listen to it. Uh, But it was was a great time. And me and Marcus, if you've listened to 34 and 44, you know how we get. (laughs) And we talk a lot on on these episodes. Uh, is it 34 or 4? Is it 34 and 30? No, on 34 and 35. Lord. <laughs> oh, man. I'm just going to let y'all get to the show. Welcome to the World's Greatest Podcast, co-starring Marcus, showing Mad Love Robinson, now semi-regular co-host of the show. And of course, as always, every episode of Hyphen Nation is sponsored by Mark Rob. And that's the M-A-R-C-R-O-B dot WordPress dot com. He just dropped a fire piece about Blade Runner, the new one that just came out, a little review of it. So make sure you check that out. And a piece that came out following the elections in Alabama a few weeks ago. So make sure you read both of those and read all his great work. He's a proud sponsor of Hyphen Nation. And now he's a co-host. So look at him moving up in the world. Without further ado, I don't know why that pause is there. I was trying to think of something clever and it didn't happen. Here's the show. Marcus Robinson. What's up? <laughs> oh, man. Glad to Such. have you on the world's greatest podcast again, my friend. Such relief. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, like there's been some Skype issues because there was a Skype update and then my normal Skype recorder didn't recognize my devices and I've tried eight Skype recorders and then, yeah. <laughs> so here we are. Yeah. 9.54 <laughs> Texas time. Did you get any snow today? Nah, it's been like cold and rainy, so it's yeah. still been trash though. I, I didn't think I didn't think you had snow. We I woke up to a pleasant surprise of I'd say about an inch of fluffy on the ground oh, out of nowhere. Nobody like nobody had any idea. Classic Morgan man. I don't miss that at all. No, no sir. Yeah. So I stepped out of my house this morning, Marcus, and I, I was getting to my car, and I went to get out my ice scraper. Right, and my neighbor. He, he's an older gentleman, and him and his wife, they just love Aaliyah or whatever. They always say hi to us, and Aaliyah makes some little presents and stuff. But that's neither here nor there. My neighbor was mm-hmm. blowing, like, snow blowing his driveway. Like, I think it might have been a leaf blower or something. Was, was this the same neighbor that was uh, doing a shmoney dance and <laughs> you caught him? Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I was like, shmoney dance? I don't remember. Oh, the shmoney dance. <laughs> 
Uh, no, no. They, they those neighbors are behind the house across the street. They're behind in more ways than one, buddy. Smanging in the living room, windows open. Yeah. Um, exactly. Now this neighbor is not not that type of freak. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was snow blowing his driveway with this device, and I thought it was just a leaf blower. He's like, hey, um, when he saw me get on my scraper, he's like, you want to use this? And I was like, uh, yeah. So I, I took it. <laughs> And I think it might have been specifically for snow blowing because the air was hot or whatever. It wasn't just some normal wind or nothing. And thankfully, the snow was fluffy. But seriously, it took me 15 seconds to get all the snow off my car. And then I gave it back to him. And that's how my morning started. That's what's up, man. I mean, that's the small victories count, man. It all adds up. <laughs> You're not kidding. And speaking of small victories... Shout out to Michael Lamarick who says I never segue and I just say next topic. Speaking of small victories, Marcus, you've you've yeah. achieved a small right, victory. You've achieved a small victory. The reason the reason being is that I would like you to be uh not a, not a guest host because you've been a guest host. I would like for you to be a semi-regular co-host of Hyphen Nation because this is your third time. This is the third time you've made me record. You've persevered through all <laughs> these issues we've had getting this episode even to the four-minute mark that we're at right now. <laughs> Marcus, would you do me the honor of being my co-host, semi-regular on Hyphen Nation? Yes, sir. It would be an absolute pleasure. Absolute oh, my pleasure. God. <laughs> this is the fourth time I'm doing this, but it still feels like the first time, Marcus. <laughs> I'm so oh, excited. But, but yeah, man, I'm definitely looking forward to it and coming with some fresh ideas and fresh hot takes for 2018, buddy. It's only right that you're that you do it because you're the official sponsor of the world's greatest podcast, anyway. Hey, man. Hey, who better than me? <laughs> other than other than you know Apple and Coca Cola and Nike, you know. I'm fourth place. I can take that. I would take Android before Apple. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> so, Marcus, why don't you tell the people what brings us here on this Wednesday night, two days after Christmas? All right. So, I definitely wanted to catch up with you and just get some information, you know, just your thoughts about uh, looking back on this year uh, for 2017 because it's been a, a a hell of a damn ride and also looking a little bit toward the future and toward 2018 just some expectations for 2018 and also um you know looking at the best and worst of this past year okay well i'm definitely right, down so, for that and you've compiled a list of topics yeah yeah definitely man um well before we get to the topics man you know yeah. just a quick quick shout out to you know you know, God rest the dead, uh, combat uh, Jack, you know, Reggio say he's a pioneer in hip-hop media. Yeah. Definitely, man. Like, um, he, uh, for those who don't know, combat Jack, he hosted, he initially hosted like an internet radio show uh, a few years ago. And then he took that to podcasting and, you know, he's done hours with a lot of the legends that built the culture that we love so much. Mm -hmm. And not just even like, you know, the, the forefathers, but also just the young bucks and people behind the scenes that you may not even know about or even heard about. Um, my favorite interview, he did like a three hour interview with Chuck D that was just. Oh, legendary. I haven't listened to the Chuck D episode yet. It's on my it's in my list, man. It's on my list. Yeah, man, that was. 
Yeah, man, that was a really, really good, really thought-provoking episode. Um, the last episode, one of the last episodes he did that I fell in love with was uh, he interviewed the Locks and Styles P. Wild out on Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. It was amazing. Oh, really? Uh, I didn't yeah, know that. that. Oh, man, it, it's totally legendary, man. You got to check that out. And yeah, man, I mean, I definitely, you know, understand that we got to, you know, admire people while they're here. And, you know, I'm definitely vocal about, you know, my love for podcasts and Combat Jack. You know, he was one of the people that really got me into podcasting, like maybe about, uh, maybe about three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he was definitely a pioneer in a lot of ways. And he mentored a lot of different people. And, you know, we talk about, you know, people talk about culture vultures and, you know, people who are just trying to profit off of, you know, hip hop and just black entertainers. And they just want the money. They don't want the actual culture. But Combat Jack was really one of the pioneers and really one of the guys who really wanted to champion the culture any way he could. So, you know, I just want to say recipes to him. And I didn't I didn't even know he was sick. That's how behind I am. Uh, well, I mean, that news actually didn't come out until very, very recently. Oh, really? And, okay. Uh, yeah, apparently, like, I mean, he was in sort of the late stages but it, it, of his cancer. He passed away from cancer. Yeah. Uh, colon cancer. Fuck cancer. Oh, uh, definitely, man. And so, yeah, he, he passed away. and It was it was a pretty sh- big shock. He had the hashtag um, uh, that was about maybe like two or so months ago. And he sort of went off the radar for a while, and then he came with that news, and so it was sort of like it was definitely jarring to me. Oh, wow. um, and so I've been, you know, wondering like every now and then, you know, what's he up to, and you know, how's he doing, and hoping he's doing better. But but yeah, man, unfortunately he passed away. But you know, we always want to keep him, you know, in our hearts. Yeah. And every time, every time we do this, we really remember, you know, his legacy and try to champion his legacy and push the culture forward. Yeah, uh, Combat uh, is definitely a hip-hop podcast pioneer, along with, like, Juan Epstein and stuff. I was listening to Combat for years. I fell off, but when I lost my job in May, I actually started going back and listening to some of the stuff I have in my iPod, because I have, like, 15 episodes of Combat Jack I just hadn't gotten to. And I listened to a couple of Dame Dash episodes, and I listened to the J. Cole episode that uh, he did with Cole right after Four Souls Drive came out. And his interview style, man, like, and his his whole, such an influence on me, like, especially when, I mean, he he did it with an ensemble. But I I, I spent a lot of time listening to um, podcasts, especially when the host is going solo, because I do the same thing often. So I try to learn from them, or when it comes to interview styles, like, first time we sat down, like I, I try to take my cues from stuff that I've seen or heard Combat do on podcasts, or stuff that I've heard Simmons do on podcasts, or stuff that I even done heard Mark Marin doing on podcasts. And he's just one of the biggest influences, and had easily one of the most listenable podcasts. Where there's hours upon hours of audio classics out there, and the fact that he's gone and the Combat Jack show is no more, which unfortunately is just a really it's a damn shame. Yeah, man. Like, I think, I think you mentioned Bill Simmons. I really think that, like, as far as podcasting, I would say Bill and Combat were really some of the first ones that I got into. Mm-hmm. And yeah, man. I mean, Bill Simmons. He definitely has. 
you know, his style of Joint, he's pretty fun and he's engaging and he's thought provoking. But combat, you know, I mean, God bless Bill, but he's not combat. Like, no, no way. No. Yeah, com- yeah, combat. Combat. combat really knew, yeah, go ahead. You're going to say the same thing, I bet. Yeah, he really knew how to make people invited and make them feel comfortable with sharing, like, all of their deepest, you know, stuff they never revealed before. And, you know, it's not even, it's like you're inviting someone into your personal conversation like that's how combat made it yeah so yeah i think you know we're gonna like i said you know just want to take a quick you know acknowledgement of one of the godfathers one of the forefathers of this whole podcasting thing and uh we love you reggie we always will yeah 100 percent, man rest in rest in power reggie rest in power i think i'm going to end this i'm going to i'm going to read his end tag um when i when i do the outro i'm going to read his end tag one time for Hell yeah. That's my Twitter bio right now, man. Hell yeah. yeah that thing's so. beautiful. I've always yeah, loved man. that. I mean, my, my outro, I feel like it's kind of cool, but thanks, y'all. doesn't compare to the way he says says his outro, so I'm definitely going to make sure I end hyphenation 45 with, with his outro. <sighs> but enough bad stuff. Let's talk about 2017. <laughs> oh, no. Never bad stuff, man. We celebrating the legacy of combat. So. Oh, Absolutely. We- yeah, we're gonna keep it positive, baby. But also, now, now, okay. So, like you said before, I got the list of questions that we're gonna go through. Um, now, even though I said we're gonna keep it positive, uh, this one we're gonna go a little bit negative. <laughs> All right, we so got to this. So, yeah, for a little, so we're gonna do a couple of questions that's gonna look ahead to 2018. Okay, uh, especially especially with um, you know Marvel. And their dominance of just, you know, movie after movie after movie. It's your show. Now, I'm just guessing. <laughs> nah, baby. Remember that. But, Mark um, Rob Nation. <laughs> I wish, man. Come here, check. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm working on that. <laughs> yeah, man. Let's get it. But, um, okay. So, all right. So, we all know that Phase 3 for the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe is coming to an end. And we have an onslaught of new movies on deck for 2017, 2018. Uh, so we have Ant-Man coming out, uh, Ant-Man sequel coming out, Black Panther, uh, Captain Marvel, and then we have the Spider-Man sequel, as well as like the next two Avenger flicks. So for what's coming up on deck for Marvel, instead of looking at you know your most anticipated movie, which I would have to guess will be Black Panther, Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Right, so instead of looking at your most anticipated movie, what do you think has the movie to be the biggest bust, like the biggest letdown for Marvel coming up? Uh, I worry. Let's see. The biggest bust. Woo. Yeah. I mean, I d- I don't think Marvel's at the point where they're going to have a true. DC versus Superman kind of bust where they do numbers as far as money, but everybody hates it. I don't think they'll have that. If I had to pick one, I really think Captain Marvel will surprise the same way that Guardians did, especially with Brie Larson in the role. I have worries about the Ant-Man sequel. Yeah, me too. Because Ant-Man came out two years ago, so what, 2015? Does that sound right? Um, Yeah, about... Because it was in between that summer, um, continue recording. It was in between that summer <laughs> of uh, uh, before 
it was after all no it was the same summer as Ultron came out I think so because Ultron came out in May and I think this came out in the summer and I really like 2015 yeah I like I like Ant-Man a lot I really like Ant-Man like I could sit down and watch Ant-Man like most of the Marvel movies and be like I'm I'm all in on this I love this movie Um, it's a solid Marvel story beginning to end I worry about the time in between flicks because I think I mean this it's coming out in summer 18 I mean, it's only three years, but a lot's happened in the Marvel Universe since then. We've had Civil War, we've had Ragnarok, we've had, we'll have um, Black Panther, and then Infinity War is coming out before this. So there's going to be so much stuff, and then they're really like, okay, here's all this amazing stuff, here's Ant-Man and Wasp. And it's like, yeah, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't think it's going to fail, but I feel like it could... It could be seen as a letdown just because of the timing of it, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, for me, I love Paul Rudd. I've loved, oh. I've loved Paul Rudd since basically like Clueless, Clueless era Paul Rudd. I just rewatched um, fucking Romeo and Juliet. I forgot Paul Rudd is in that movie. Like, he, Paul Rudd is just everything. I didn't know Paul but, Rudd was in Romeo and Juliet. When did man, he do Romeo and listen, Juliet? The the Leo the Leo remake. oh the okay the dope oh okay okay yes I yes. love that movie on the low that, yo that, no I love it on the high that movie's fire <laughs> William yeah, Shakespeare's movie. the plus Juliet yeah exactly not even yeah. and, just plus exactly yeah. that joint but, goes it does man but yeah but I like Paul Rudd I mean I like Paul Rudd in virtually anything. But I feel like this sort of this sort of franchise is sort of like what DC is doing with Aquaman. Like in theory, you can do it, but should you really be doing it? Right. Um, I feel like if you if you want to give Pollard a vehicle just to you know like make you know his own sort of movie, that's that's really cool. But I feel like I feel like that has the potential to be just a C plus B minus type of movie. Um, but yeah, I like. I have very, very high hopes for Infinity Wars and the uh, Spider-Man sequel and yeah. Black Panther and even Venom. Like there hasn't been much information on Venom, but Tom Hardy's going to be starting a new Venom uh, movie. I think Michelle Williams just joined the cast as uh, I don't know how well you're up on your Venom, but Anne Wayne, which was okay. Eddie Brock's ex-wife in the comic books, so she's going to be Tom Hardy's ex-wife in, in the film. So. I, I have yeah. worries about that, but that's mostly Spider-Man three based, and I like a certain yeah. kind of Venom too. I like a, it has been a certain kind of Venom, and I haven't seen the Venom I liked in comics in years. To be completely honest with you, so you said when um, Tobey Maguire went, went emo in Spider-Man three, that didn't float your boat. Uh, I am a Spider-Man <laughs> apologist, and I, for the longest time, defended Spider-Man three and said it was a good movie movie but it does not do anything for 2017 kellen 20 2007 kellen could <laughs> thought it was spider-man 3 was a good flick and but spider 2007 kellen also liked to drink a lot so there's those <laughs> two things that you can take hand in hand and figure out where i'm at oh, i got you buddy. I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down uh but yeah man, i think that well honestly i think sort of even tom hardy is like sort of maybe like an underrated actor like he's done a lot of quality stuff over the last like years yeah. um so yeah i think he can carry it and 
Uh, Michelle Williams, she is actually a pretty good actress. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think at, at a minimum, it could be like like a good, enjoyable flick. Now it's supposed to be rated R, so if anything, even if the the plot may be lacking or uh, even like the acting may be flat, like I'm assuming that they're just going to be you know over the top spectacular with the action. So oh, yeah. at least that'll be looking forward to. And it should be. And I will say something about Tom Hardy. Like, Dark Knight Rises Tom, that did not do him any favors, man, because with them adjusting his voice and everything, and with spoilers, the whole thing that Talia was the one behind everything, like, yeah. I really liked Bane's character in that movie. And because they couldn't leave well enough alone, they put the damn modulator on him and then took away his prime feature villain spot in the third act. But I really think I think I was I wish he would have gotten more shine for what he did in Dark Knight Rises. And I'm hoping that he brings all the good qualities that he brought to Bane to Venom. Yeah, man, even that fr- the first scene where he's like uh, confronting Batman, I know that scene by heart. And if anyone who ever watches with him, I, I am going to do Tom Hardy impersonation, no matter what you say. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> oh, yes. I was wondering what would break first. <laughs> <laughs> your spirit or your body. I'm doing that now. Okay. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. But, okay, so yeah. So we, we both agree that Ant-Man... Um, has the potential to be sort of like a middle of the road, maybe average movie, but yeah, I mean, by doing that, they're already miles ahead of the DC. Oh, oh, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Uh, okay. Did you see Justice League? Right, so, Before we go any further, yeah, I saw. Is that was that our yeah, next saw, question actually? Um, well, kind of. So, okay. I, I, the next question would be: Is there anything worth looking forward to in 2018 for DC? And I did see Justice League, and the only thing that really is worth looking forward to is any sort of new Wonder Woman installment, because um, just the Wonder Woman movie itself that they recently put out, it was really, really good. Mm -hmm. But that's because, I mean, it was handled by a female director with a heavy female ensemble cast, and they knew how to play her character, like, very, very well. Um, but in Justice League, like they did her character no no sort of favors at all. Like it was it was bad, like the way they sort of portrayed her. They basically made her like just a nag the entire movie. Uh, and and That's it not was my so, Wonder Woman. Yeah, man. Like they basically did like butt shots of her. Like mm. like the camera would like it'd be a new scene on the it'd be a new scene and then all of a sudden in the top left corner you'd just see her ass cheeks. And it's like, come on, man! Like you, like you really could have did this way more justice than pun intended. You could have way more justice for Wonder Woman than you did in this awful movie. And I feel like um, with you saying that, I feel like that Batman v Superman did a way better job presenting Wonder Woman than Justice League sounds like it did. Yeah, man. But even then, like I, I wasn't even in on that movie. Like I was, I was very, very. Um, hesitant and very, very uh, just not with it at all. Yeah. I mean, the, the end of the movie, like, Batman stops from killing Superman because their mom has the same name. I know. Like, I know. Like that. 
That's that's the one thing that ruins it. Ever. I mean, there's plenty yeah. of things that ruins it, but I mean, I I actually like Batman v Superman. Um, oh no, I'm I'm oh, that. No. I'm not. It's and it's not Spider-Man Three Haze. I like. I just enjoy it for the piece of crap it is. I know it's a terrible movie. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but if I'm like, if I have, if I'm going to sit down and watch something that makes no sense or have some good background noise where I can see pretty colors go across the screen when it's not too dark, I would definitely watch <laughs> Superman be Batman. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, well, for people that actually uh, that say that they like um, Dawn of Justice. Uh, they said they like this one better. So, I mean, if if you like that one, then you, you would be able to like this. Now, even though I sort of trash Justice League, yeah. I mean, I, I would say it's like a... I think if you're grading by the Marvel curve, then it's definitely low. But, oh, absolutely. <laughs> but if you're, if you're grading on like the, the DC curve, where they've had way more misses and hits... Um, it's, it's a, it's a better movie. I don't want to necessarily say promising, but is, is better than what I expected it to be. Okay. Um, what comes out from DC in 2018? Um, so the, well, off the top of my head, they're, they're going to have a new Wonder Woman installment, uh, to the best of my knowledge next year. And they're going to do Aquaman. Now, Aquaman was terrible in Justice League. Like the yeah. guy that plays um, Aquaman is Kyle Drogo from Game of Thrones. And Mrs. Lisa, just, Mr. Lisa Bonet. Yes, Mr. Lisa Bonet. Exactly. Now this guy, I'm sorry, he he's just not a good actor. Like like the things they had him doing in this movie were just very early '90s B-list action movies. Mm. Man, it was it just wasn't good and. Like and like we were saying before about Ant Man, like in theory you can give them their own vehicle, but in actuality, like it for this one, it, it really does feel like a cash grab from DC. Um, and so I feel like they're banking on like you know him being like I mean he he looks the part, like he looks you know like how Aquaman will probably look, and that's why they hired him. Yeah, and they're sort of banking on like kids you know maybe want to go see him even the women's wanted to go see him um but they just i don't know man he's he's just not a good actor at all <laughs> he's just not okay <laughs> he just isn't mm. um but yeah man so like i said warner woman she is leading the pack you know and also i'm trying i'm looking forward to more drama with ben affleck oh my god <laughs> I'm I'm looking to more leaks as to why he hates being Batman or why DC hates him being Batman. I'm looking forward to that. He makes me so angry. I mean, I had <laughs> issues with with uh, Ben before, but he just makes me so angry. It's just stupid because it's like he waited so... I mean, not that he waited, but I mean, he got casted in Dawn of Justice. That came out in last year in 16 i think they cast him like 14 it was like two years of people shitting out his neck and then <laughs> people finally watched dawn of justice and like that's a crappy movie but i like that batman and from there it's just like all he's done is like i don't know if i want to be batman uh, i think i'm leaving <laughs> don't make me walk out this door i'm not going to direct batman guess what happens after that hey guys hey jennifer garner <laughs> 
uh, Jennifer Garner. Shout uh, out to her. Shout out to, <laughs> shout out to the West Virginia Jennifer Garner, man. Yeah, One right. time for the for the homie. Yeah, that, <laughs> exactly. that's got to end. Like they they need to either just go ahead and declare a replacement, or I don't know, because you, you can't kill off Batman. Nobody wants to see that. Hell no. <laughs> so I mean, well. They're like apparently they're giving Cyborg a movie in 2020. They're going to do the second. Well, spoiler alert. Uh, well, I mean you could tell, but this Justice League movie is leading to another Justice League movie. Oh yeah, that's supposed that's supposed to come out in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I don't know, man. They're, they they. They have not really proven to deserve my twelve dollars and change. In the movie, so, <laughs> Wonder Woman definitely has, but everyone else, man, they're looking real funny in their life. Yeah, like I, I, they, they essentially need to one because they're still doing, they're still going to do Man of Steel two eventually. They, they oh. really, yeah, yeah, they really need to. They, they need to retool and build around Wonder Woman. Is a thing, but I think they they're too scared to do it, man. They they don't want to leave out Batman and Superman, but Batman and Superman ain't working. Like Superman, Man of Steel was. Uh, I don't like the dude playing playing Superman. He looked like Superman for like the very end of the movie of Dawn Dawn of Justice. Like I watched that whole movie, I'm like, that's not Superman. That's not how Superman acts. He doesn't look like Superman when he came back to Earth and took out doomsday spoilers and doomsday took him out um that's why i was like yo that's superman right there but honestly i still think brandon ruth is a better superman than this dude man and everybody hates superman returns i don't hate superman returns (laughs) (laughs) nah man this this new superman especially in justice league like he, like they would have been better suited hiring a cardboard cutout of this guy's face. Like he was completely stale. Like he was uh, completely wooden. Like how did they? How did they? Go ahead and tell me. How did they bring him back from the dead? What happened? Uh oh man, I blocked out of my memory. Man. <laughs> like, like, you just so close weird. your eyes one second, and it's like, oh, sup, Superman? He's like, sup. Yeah, they they all, I remember they went in in the in Dawn of Justice. It was like that spaceship with the like water in it, and yeah. the Flash ran really fast and touched something really fast, and it caused an electric oh, spark. Oh God! They used the Speed Force to bring him back. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yes. And so it was. Oh. I'm like, oh man, like, oh man. So yeah, so wow. the flash ran really fast and brought him back to life. And then after that, like, super, zombie Superman was like really pissed, and so he tried to beat up uh, uh, Batman. He actually tried to beat up everybody, but then he saw um, uh, fucking Lois Lane, and then they flew off. <laughs> and that was of course, the Lois was there. <laughs> It's like she came like she came with like a cop car or some shit. It's like better better bring Amy Adams in so he can explain this. Oh, like man. dude, I just don't know. Like DC's animated movies are good. Their television shows are excellent, from what I hear, other than Gotham. And yeah. like Arrow's always been, I always liked Arrow, and I haven't watched Supergirl or Flash like that. But I know that those are get get reviews all the time. I don't know why 
they can't get their cinematic universe right, man. They're wasting millions upon billions of dollars on a franchise that's not working. Yeah, man. I mean, they... I honestly don't know, man, because the funny thing is, like, you would you would think that they would have capitalized off Christopher Nolan's sort of, like, revitalizing the Batman trilogy in his way. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, he really based it in uh, sort of realism how, like, if you were to think Batman and really, in like, real life and reality, like, everything that Nolan did, it seemed, like, pretty close to... It seemed like a perfect blend of what movies and comics like pretty much should be. Oh, The Dark Knight and, is still one of the most amazing films I've seen, let alone a comic book movie. Exactly. Like I remember that's like the first time people weren't even talking about it in the sense of a comic book movie. Like, like we were really concerned about the psychology and the morality of the movie way more than we were even wondering about a guy in in makeup and a and a guy in a suit jumping right. off stones and shit. Right. So so yeah, so they for some reason like they just said, you know, fuck that. We see Marvel. We see Marvel doing this over the top. Um they're going more toward the comic books and their visuals and their stories and we're just gonna try to emulate that. And then they just fell flat like they, they just it felt like DC just not really original. They rushed everything. Yeah. And they didn't plan it out well. And so, like, they, at they, least we... What were we going to say? Uh, I was, uh, they just won't admit they're, when they're wrong, essentially. Because it's like, they did with Green Lantern. Because Green Lantern came out, and they're like, no, that's not the look. We're not yeah. doing this anymore. And then, I mean, Man of Steel came out. Man of Steel, the problem is these movies still make a whole bunch of money. Because there's loyal fans out there who want to see their characters on the big screen whether they're shitty or not and after the first couple weeks that it's out I mean they've recouped all their damn money and then who cares if the movie's shitty let's go ahead and put another one in production and that and that's and that's where the problem lies is they're more worried about the bottom line of what they're making off these movies versus the quality of the movies and how uh, the legacies of these characters are being treated yeah man I mean because Justice League, like they cashed out on that, and like I said, I think they're tr- they're gonna try to bank off the same thing with um, Aquaman. Like they're gonna mm-hmm. try to, I don't know, man. I don't even know how they can. Then, like he, like this guy is really such a bad actor. Like I have no clue. Like you, you can't put, uh, you can't put cologne on funky arms, dog. Right, like, right. Like, the smell is gonna come up, man. Now the is. Smell is totally gonna come up. The dude who plays Aquaman, uh, is that the same dude who, I know very limited Game of Thrones, but is that the same dude who Cersei was forced to marry, like in season uh, one, or is that a different dude? No, no, that's the exact dude. Um, oh, okay, all right. Uh, yeah. I just put two so, two together, folks. Yeah. <laughs> late, late to the party. Late to the uh, party no. as usual. Episode 41, I think, was late to the party. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I am your resident Game of Thrones expert. So, yeah. So, in Game of Thrones Season 1, um, her, his, uh, her brother sold her to Khal Drogo. Right. So, he can get an army so they could go to Westeros and conquer, uh, you know, conquer the throne. The I have throne. seen Episode 1 of Game of Thrones. So, I'm familiar yeah. with what you're talking about. <laughs> and so, yeah. So, it was basically like... Um, not to give everything away in case you're watch- in case you plan on watching it, but spoilers. Uh, they 
he gets she gets married off to Kyle Drogo. Um, she doesn't want to, but she, you know, eventually makes her way into that. Um, their marriage isn't necessarily sort of like a forced marriage, but it becomes an actual partnership. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to go beyond that because I don't want to like ruin what happens like deep into the season. But I'm going to um, spoil it. He dies, and now she's like the queen of dragons. There you go. Uh, well, that's like a synopsis of all the seasons. But <laughs> bam, but, but bam. Yeah, Nobody has to watch Game of Thrones now. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, well, well, that's only one portion of one season. But yes, yes, he does die. He he like turns like a vegetable, and Aww. she yeah. And so his pretty face is just there. Actually, that's that's sort of a metaphor of how like Hollywood's going to treat him. Like he's a stiff, but he looks pretty. So let's put him on screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like I mean, that's what I mean. That's what DC is going to do. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, man. All right. So all right. So we we both have sort of grim outlooks for DC, except for Wonder Woman. <sighs> All right, and so all right. Now we're gonna get off of the DC train and go. All hell, uh, Gal Gal Gadot, man. All hell, Gal Gadot. <laughs> all right. So okay, for the next question, we're gonna look at the X Men series. Mm. And so um, recently, over the last uh, couple of weeks, uh, we got word of the new Jean, Jean Grey movie, Phoenix movie that's going to be on the, on the horizon for X Men. Mm-hmm. And also a couple of months back, we got word of there being like a sort of like a horror movie with like um, X-Men characters, maybe like a thriller slash jump scare type of horror movie. I didn't hear about that. Um, Yeah, it was. I forget what it was called, but it it came like the preview. The trailer came out for it, I believe, in the summer. Mm -hmm. Um, I really forgot what it's called, but it looks pretty interesting. Okay. Um, But the main question is. Um, with those movies on deck and with Hugh Jackman out as Wolverine, and I'm assuming um, uh, uh, Patrick Stewart is out as Xavier. Um, I think, um, what's his face? Um, Who's young Xavier? Because I I did check on X-Men Dark Phoenix to kind of see the cast and all like the new Magneto, Fassbender. Fassbender's coming back as Magneto and McAvoy is coming back as Professor X. So I saw that. And of course, everyone's favorite Hollywood golden child is coming back as Mystique. I love you, J-Law. Oh, no. My God, J-Law, take a break. Something. Yes, man. Yes, uh, man, yes. Or, uh, I'd say something really messed up, but I'm I'm not that guy anymore. So, <laughs> J Law, just take yourself a vacation, honey. Please, <laughs> please, baby, please. Uh, well, yes, definitely. But um, but seeing with this now, I personally think that Hugh and um, Stewart they were basically. I think one and two of the best actors in these X Men movies. Yeah. Do you do you think that the X Men universe will survive without their characters? Uh, I think they will. Um, I think there will be um, a hit, so to speak, um, especially on this last X Men film because I was seeing that once X Men Dark Phoenix comes out, that'll be the last of the Fox films, so to speak, before Marvel. Um, really takes control of the franchises again and starts doing their own thing. So I think because with it being last and it being Dark Phoenix, um, it's a shame that I will. I, 
like I thought Brian Singer was involved, but now that all the allegations came out against Brian Singer, I don't know if he's still involved in the process because he never had to do Dark Phoenix with X Men Three. Of course, they did last stand with another great guy, sarcasm Brett Ratner, <laughs> and uh, oh. and uh, that was a travesty. It was watchable, but it was a travesty. It's no X two for sure. Um, yeah. So I think I think it'll. It'll do numbers because people love the X Men, uh, even without Logan and even without Professor X in this one. It's the Dark Phoenix story, the most beloved X Men story of all time, so to speak. And I think that they'll really want to put all these characters. If it's the last Fox X Men movie, because they sold it off completely. This isn't like Sony and and, and Marvel having Spider Man jointly. That's like they won't own it anymore after this movie comes out. So I think they'll go out on a high note, and I think. I would. I'm actually thinking that this might be the best X Men actual cast X Men cast movie in a couple years. Is what I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I think you're right. I think that they are definitely going to. Um, I think they're going to try to go on a high note as best possible. Um, I hope that they sort of limit uh, Jennifer Lawrence because. <laughs> I mean, I don't think they are because she's J-Law, but, I mean, they're going to... I mean, she got to find a way to, like, to bring Juice to Mystique because Rebecca Romaine's Stamo, she killed it. And yeah, I never man. thought I would say Rebecca Romaine is a better actress than J-Law. But, mm-hmm. um, but for these movies, definitely, like... I mean, the original, like, in the original uh, trilogy... Uh, Rebecca Romaine, like, she was a badass. Like, she was smart. Like, she was kind Yeah, she was the and perfect then, Mystique, man. Yeah, and I mean, and Jennifer Lawrence just she just feels like a ball of emotions, and that's and that's really all we're going for. So I don't know. I think that they they've got to re, they got to revitalize her character. Mm-hmm. Um, but even but my biggest concern uh, is with Sophie Turner, honestly, because she's actually another actress from Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. and she's playing Jean, I, right? Honestly, yeah, she's Jean. Okay, um, but. I don't know if she can really carry a vehicle like this. It's big. Um, it's big, man. It's like, yeah, it's like, I'm, I'm not necessarily she's like the best actress. Because even on Thrones, um, she's been on the she's been on Thrones since season one. Um, and she's still a part of the show. And I feel like, I don't know, maybe the show sort of masks her lack of acting skills. Or they just don't necessarily give her a lot to do mm-hmm. um on the on the show over the last like two seasons um she's actually been she's actually been stepping up her her character's been stepping up and she's been um a pretty big force on the show but her her role is like very minimalist yeah and she sort of like she she doesn't she doesn't have much screen time but the screen time she has it's always like some sort of driving story that's going to push the entire story of Game of Thrones forward in some way or another. But I feel like in this movie, like I mean, she's going to be the center of attention, and Throne, she's not, she's not, she's not that. And so I worry if she's going to be like a good enough actress to actually pull it off. Okay. Um, and so I mean, because you have her that I'm questioning, J Law that we're questioning also. So I think it's it's kind of a tricky sort of thing. Um, I do like I do like young Xavier, and I do like Fastbender as Magneto, um, even though he's a little bit heavy handed. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, just he, slightly. 
Yeah, but no I mean, pun intended. You know, he, I mean, he's he's a Jewish guy who parents got killed in you know the Holocaust. I mean, yeah, I, mean, I would be heavy too, so I I can't even front. But but yeah, I I'm I am gonna go see. It. I'm gonna go check it out, and I'm I gotta find out this uh, excellent horror movie that they're doing. And I'll send you that info. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah. X-Men stuff on TV, too, now. Because Legion, Legion was the next show, and that was on FX. And then there was, um, oh, what's the other X show that was on not too long ago? It wasn't, yeah, New, New Mutants? Don't they have a show now or something? Uh, uh, oh, well, the the New Mutants is the, is the horror movie I'm talking about. That's what it's called. Oh, okay. I have heard about that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's supposed to come out April of next year. And so, speaking of more Thrones, <laughs> one of the characters from Thrones, she's going to be in it too. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, this is inevitable, yeah. though, man. Well, especially when you have yeah. a show like Game of the Thrones, Game of Thrones that everybody loves. People want to start picking picking actors off. So definitely, man. Um, we're forgetting about something major that's coming out next year, though. From what are we forgetting about. On the Marvel and X Men side, Deadpool two. Oh, okay. See, I did forget about Deadpool two. Yeah, yeah. And that's gonna do numbers, numbers on the board, like push and see, son. Exactly, man. Mm, I mean, that's like a title. I mean, that's. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like that. That's gonna earn it. Like Deadpool's earned all the dollars is going to get. So mm-hmm. I'm all in on Deadpool, especially, um, uh, who are you going to pick, uh, play cable? Um, Josh, Josh Brolin. Space? Josh Brolin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm all in on him. He's like a really good actor too. Oh yeah. Um, so I'm isn't, definitely all in on Deadpool. Isn't he playing Thanos too? He is playing motherfucking Thanos. Yeah. He's too, Thanos dog. and cable, man. Yo, like, I mean... I mean, obviously, there are two different studios, but now he's working for... It's all under Marvel, so we actually have the same dude playing Cable and Thanos at the same damn time. What a time. A legend legend in two games like you Pee Wee Kirkland, dog. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. Yeah, man, so that's... I mean, it's so bad, like, we're... We're getting geeked off these... All this Marvel news, and DC is just in the dust, man. It's... Oh, man, it's a damn shame. Uh, I know. I know. But man. as long I as see. people keep supporting these movies, this is the shit they deserve. Marvel greater than DC, <laughs> exactly. bro. Marvel greater than DC. I'm still mad from the Star Wars episode. Can you tell? I'm still talking shit on oh, everybody. <laughs> I mean, hey, man, first of all, if you come at Last Jedi, you deserve to get this shit talked on. That's that's just the bottom line. Like, I saw, I saw, I saw Last Jedi twice already. Um, I absolutely love it. Um, yes. yes, yes, you do. Carrie, <laughs> yeah, man, Carrie Carrie Fisher, she did she did a hell of a job. Did a hell of a Speaking job. Speaking of which, like, it's been a year since she passed today. Yeah, man, definitely rest in peace, man. Yeah, um, someone I I wrote about like I think I I actually wrote about it maybe the day after she passed, and mm-hmm. I published it because um, she's definitely. A woman in Hollywood who, during her, I guess, maybe prime, she didn't get necessarily recognition she deserved, but everything she did on screen and off screen, like, she was just a badass lady, man. She was, man. She really... She's a fucking pioneer. 
Yeah, everything she did, like she was, she was a force on a lot of things she did, and I definitely talk about. I definitely love Star Wars, and if you look at the, if you look at the original trilogy, if you look at everything she does in Empire Strikes Back, like she's amazing in it. No, yes. no, no, well, that I'm talking about. Well, actually, I mean, yeah, Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. She, her, and Han, their electricity together, and their relationships together. Like it's great, and Carrie was a great, great, great force in the original trilogy, and then the new movies. Like they, they figure out a way to get her really incorporated. And Last Jedi, like I was very, very proud. I know, man. People are. Her. I've heard so. I'm trying not to get mad, but I've heard people say, "Well, why didn't Carrie Carrie take the light speed jump and, and go ahead and, and kill herself off that way? Why did she use the Force? Um, why didn't Admiral Akbar take the light speed jump? Like, who the fuck cares, bro? Like, seriously, God. exactly. Like, who? Who? First of all, who wants to see her do that? Like, let's just throw her in the sun while we're at it. Like, what is she doing here? Like. Like Jesus, uh, I don't, I don't get it, man. Star- Last Jedi is so great because it was willing to turn the Star Wars, like, like the Star Wars universe on its head, and no one has done that before, other than George Lucas messing with the CGI. <laughs> oh man, yeah, he got, he, oh, he had to chill on the CGI shit. Man. Han shot uh, first. <laughs> oh, Han definitely shot first. Let's get that out there, man. Han yeah, shot man. Um, but yeah, so. Um, they oh they did a great job and Carrie Fisher I love you as well rest in peace as well yeah um, your legacy lives on as well all right and so speaking of Star Wars let's keep with this theme of Star Wars and mm-hmm. sort of now we're gonna look back at the year a little bit and so this year we definitely saw like a revitalization of nostalgia so you had like the new Star Wars mm-hmm. you had Stranger Things yeah and you had the remake of it. Um, do you think that nostalgia in 2017, was it a good thing or was it something that was overdone and something that was sort of played out? I, I thought it was done well, but here's my concern. And it, it starts at the TV level because we're getting, nostalgia is fun everything, but we're bringing back stuff from like our childhood. And yeah. putting it back on TV, like Will and Grace came back, and Will and Grace had only been gone, <laughs> I'd say what, twelve, thirteen uh, years. They had to recon shit out, retcon stuff yeah. out because of the way they ended. That's coming back. Uh, Roseanne is coming back to ABC, and they're retconning the last season so that my man uh, 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 John Goodman, shout out to John Goodman, can be on so the show. Yeah, so he doesn't die. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And now, last week it came out. I think this might have been either before or after we first attempted this. NBC's ready to bring back The Office next season, man. And it's like, yeah, The Office has only been going like three or four years. They're bringing back fucking Mad About You, yo. (laughs) uh, You know what, though? I I could watch a couple episodes of Helen Hunt and Paul Reiser. Do wow. what they do, man. No, nah, not really. I can't really say. It. I just remember. <laughs> I just remember my parents used to watch it, and I always, I always had a crush on Helen Hunt, especially in uh, since uh, in uh, as good as it gets. That was my movie. I was like, yep, that's peak Helen Hunt right there. Yeah, that movie was fire. Oh, uh, you crazy? Hell yeah, it was. <laughs> Hell yeah, it was, bro. Um, but that's what I worry about. It's like 
the nostalgia is good, but y'all are basking in it. It's like, well, we brought these four kids from the 80s, and we've done numbers with it twice. Let's see what else we can dig up. Like, it, it's it's crazy, because, like, even 10 years ago, to go back to the 07, like, we were talking about Transformers 1 coming out. Like, that, I think that came out in 07, too. Uh, yeah. And then it was, like, comic books were really big on bringing back all those 80s properties, um, like G.I. Joe and Thundercats and He-Man. All that stuff yeah. was real big in the comics, and then some of it made it to the big screen, like the two G.I. Joe films, and then the, what, five Transformers movies now? I haven't seen the last two. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen the last, like, three. <laughs> dog, do yourself a, fa- a favor and watch Dark of the Moon. Dark of the Moon is tight. Revenge of the Fallen is trash, and the first one is okay. Dark of the Moon is tight, though. <laughs> it's really good. Like, you'll be pleasantly surprised. All right. Um, but I just feel like it's, it's like, can we not make anything new anymore? Like, what, what's up with that? Yeah, man. Like the and another going back to Last Jedi. Another great thing about that movie was they basically told you and put it on your forehead, dog. We're leaving the past behind. We're going forward with this new shit, and yes. you can either get on board and get the fuck off. Like and like they were tight about that. Like that was a really good thing that they did. Like they told you that look. We know you love Luke. We know you love Yoda. We know we know you love Han. We know you love Darth. But we're leaving that shit and the eighties, and we're gonna go with this new shit. Yeah, because because we're all older. Like these fans are so mad about losing their book, like using the star losing the Star Wars universe books when Disney bought it, and then they they got such fan service like. I'm just gonna say it. Disney sucked them the fuck off with Force Awakens, and they're like, "Hey guys, here's this new Star Wars movie," and they're like, they just put a new label on a New Hope, essentially, and then yeah. now they they did this, and it's like they straight Kevin Hart. I'm not, I'm not ready. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. And that's all they want to do. Like, there's sixty thousand some people that signed this petition to have Disney strike Last Jedi from canon and refilm the movie. Like, what is wrong with y'all, man? Yeah, man. I'm still mad. Bunch, yeah, <laughs> the people that did that are a bunch of sexes and racists, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, work. <laughs> right. But but yeah, it's because I mean, because if you think about it, with Force Awakens, with them putting like the Star Wars name on it, they had to make people feel comfortable with going back and trusting that Disney will make a dope movie, and so they did. But now it's like, look, y'all here. We not going back. We going forward, and so right. And I think they did that well. And the funny thing is, even with it, I think it tried to do the same thing because, I mean, in the original it, uh, the TV movie, like the best part about that really was um, Tim Curry. You know, rest in peace to another legend. Yeah, he he was phenomenal as Pennywise, and. The kid actors, I mean, they were just kid actors from, you know, the late 80s. Oh, well, no, it was 91. It was 91, so from the mm-hmm. early 90s. Um, but in this movie, they put a twist on it where, like... You go and spoil it. I'm not going to watch that shit. <laughs> oh, you're not? I, mean, well, I don't do I horror mean, movies, man. I might watch it someday, but the first hit fr- freaked me the fuck out, so... Yeah, but the thing in this one, like, okay, for a good horror movie... You typically want the villain to be like the most um, the most intriguing part about the movie. Like you go there because 
you're like intrigued by Freddy Krueger or by Jason or by Michael Myers. Yeah. But in this one, they flipped it. It wasn't necessarily a horror movie. It was more. It felt more like a thriller than an actual horror movie to me, um, because they they basically, unlike the first one where they did some stuff with the kids and they were like okay actors, but they were just kid actors, so they weren't necessarily that good. Mm-hmm. And this movie and this remake, the kids are all fucking great. Like they. They're all really good actors for the most part, and they have like great dialogue with each other, and so you get invested with the friendship more than you actually get invested with how scary Pennywise is. Okay. So, so they sort of twisted it where it's like we know that we we're not going to get better than Tim Curry was, but we can at least get better than the kids were. And so, um, one of the kids actually from Stranger Things, he's in it. Like, he's one of the funniest characters. Actually, he's probably the funniest character in which, uh, which, this uh, pit remake. Which character was it from Stranger Things? Oh, man. Let me get, let me get the John out. Um, it was Lucas, one of the, Will, Mike. Uh, let me see if I'm for a second. It's Dustin. Is, oh, no, no, that's not Dustin. The guy that loves Eleven. Uh, Mike. Mike. Yeah, Mike. Mike. Yeah. Who was on so, that yeah. sucker shit this season. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, you know what? They gave, he, he took a, they did a good thing by giving him a backseat and letting everyone else be good characters. So. Yeah. But. I agree. But yeah. But yeah. So, but even still, like, the, the movie It, like, he's phenomenal in It, and all his friends are great in It. Like, it, it's, if you go to a horror movie, you don't want it to be super funny, but there are moments in this movie that are really funny. So <laughs> okay. it, it it doesn't really feel like a horror movie or a scary movie. Like they try to get you with some jump scares, but I'm I'm like immune to horror movies now. So like <laughs> I'm like I don't get scared of horror movies anymore. So um but yeah, I I think that they were smart enough to know that you know we you know we're gonna revitalize something that is old. We can at least put a better twist on it than just giving you something that is very predictable mm-hmm. or you, you can see coming from a mile away. Um, so I think Jedi did a good job with giving you something original, and I think it they put a good spin on something that could have been stale, but they updated it in a really good way. Um, but I think you're right. I think going forward, like um, even with the last couple of years, and even going forward, like there there is an acceptable way to do these sort of nostalgia updates and a way to like bastardize it and make it like un- uninteresting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they just gotta be really careful with that going forward. Yeah. Cause, uh, it, it just really makes us makes not society, but it just makes entertainment look bad when it's like, we just keep reproducing the same things. Cause they've been redoing movies for years and years, but it just seems like, they're just picking stuff that they're not that far away from. And and, yeah. and that's what's making it harder to enjoy. It's like, hey, remember this happened in 2005? It's like, yeah, but it just went off the air. Like, come on, guys. Like, you can yeah. think of any ideas? I got ideas. Hire me. I'll write you some <laughs> original. Exactly. My man, man Derek Ferguson got a black a black uh, secret agent series that could do numbers. Put numbers on the board. I'm saying it again. Movies and TV. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, like they're 
I mean, there are a lot of great people out there with original ideas, but I mean, Hollywood is in the mode of getting that cash. Mm-hmm. So I know they're just looking. Yeah, I know. And man. yeah, man. So, but yeah, but I mean, there was a thing on Twitter, um, Twitter today about basically, um, you know, movies sort of failing and like how do how do movies revitalize and get audiences to come? Well, make dope original shit with good directors and good producers and good actors and people will come right like yeah like i mean i i saw last jedi twice in like within two weeks and i'm ready to I see it in, again i want to see it again too like like um like you're in this mammoth theater with these huge ass screens and this great sound system like I can't replicate that on a TV screen that I own or a computer screen. You cannot. So, so yeah. So if they're making dope movies like like Last Jedi and for me Blade Runner twenty forty nine. If you make these dope, interesting movies, like people are gonna come. And if you make bullshit like GI Joe. Um, Marlon Wayans edition. <laughs> like, no like no one's gonna want to see that because who wants to see Marlon Wayans do? I gotta, I gotta movie? say though, in continuing the bad movies that I like thing, I like the original GI Joe with Marlon Wayans uh, in it better than I like the one with The Rock. Uh, well, okay. Another thing. Speaking of like people needing interesting things to do, man. Like the, they give The Rock so many bad movies, man. It's not even funny anymore. <laughs> I know, man. Like, did you see the preview for his new movie called Rampage? Yes, it's based on the video game, man. Oh, it looks fucking awful, dog. Like, it I mean, looks Jew- terrible. I, I haven't heard. Like, he did Baywatch this year. Was no Baywatch is last year. He did Baywatch no, that was this year. Uh, see, it's and it's that quick. It's that bad that I thought it was that far away from him. But I mean, he's done Baywatch, and that was a big flop. He's done Jumanji. Like this man is getting paid to be in terrible shit. He he had Fast Seven come out this year. Um, the Fate of the or that's no, no Fate of the Furious. Fat um was that this year? Yeah, it was this year. It was this summer. Fate of Furious came out. I mean, that was more known for the drama with Tyrese (laughs) than the actual film. Like I said, Jumanji just came out. Um, I thought there was something else that he was in that just dropped too. And he never Um, stops working. He, I mean, he has Ballers on HBO. And I actually like Ballers, but obviously I know what Ballers is. Ballers is not, Ballers is not going to get any kind of awards at the end of the day, but is it a fun show to just start one and watch? Absolutely. It, but yeah, he needs better vehicles, man. He needs a real character that he can franchise and do some real sequels for. Like, how have they not given The Rock just like, and just an, he's a, he's probably the most charismatic just sort of in figure sports entertainment. in pop culture today. <laughs> not even just, just pop culture. Like, yes. This, yeah, like his Instagram and, posts are fire, and yeah, he literally—it's a minute of him lifting weights or saying, "Hey, I, I just drove by these punk asses and they had these signs up, so I gave him the finger." And he goes, "Ha ha, I'm just kidding. I drove back." <laughs> and then he's yeah, like, exactly. I don't that. He's like, "I signed everything, motherfuckers. Don't leave me alone." That shit's gold. That shit is gold, man. Yeah, but he. 
like it, it really it's sort of the chicken of the egg like is he just picking bad movies because he thinks he can make them good or is Hollywood just not giving him good vehicles to be in I think it's a lot I think I think his choices are so limited that he basically forced to do bullshit he um, I don't think it's that it's limited he what I think happened and this is just from what I've picked up over the years especially like from the time that we some go into acting like and be cool and then um what was the one uh he had the one Johnny Knoxville and then he did like Tooth Fairy and the game plan and uh those kind of movies Oh, the rundown. He he started out with those kind of roles, and they were cool. But then he got into the family friendly stuff, and then he was like, "This is kind of bullshit." And that's when he started moving to the action thing. I think he he's gotten to such a zone of just never taking a break that he takes almost anything that's handed to him. Like he did Moana. Moana just came out last year. He he voiced Maui in that movie. He's making yeah. Disney dollars, and it's like. He just has, he doesn't have enough sense to stop working. Because he doesn't stop working, he's taking almost anything that has a big blockbuster feel to it, and he's getting paid for it, and then he's not really worried about the consequences. But if he did, it's kind of like with J Law, where I feel like she needs to slow down and take some time off and get out of freaking franchise movies and kind of stick to Oscar season with a couple comedies sprinkled here and there. I think it'd do her a lot better um, compared to her being. The Hunger Games was burned her out and then still doing X-Men movies that she even said after her second one or third, even maybe after first class, she didn't want to do them anymore. Like you can just tell when things are phoned in with her and The Rock doesn't seem to be filming them in because or phoning them in because he's The Rock. But at the same time, these are trash movies like Central Intelligence is is funny as hell. But is that movie memorable? No. But at the same time, it's that's why he's in another movie with Kevin Hart. The one a Jumanji remake, something nobody even wanted. Fuck, man, I don't know anyone who wanted a remake of that shit, man. And um, I don't know, man. Like, I, there's so much more he could be doing. He he just really needs. I really thought. Did you ever watch the rundown? Uh, no, I, that was the one with uh, the dude with Stifler from American Pie, and and like uh, he's he's kind of like this. Uh, I don't, he's not a bounty hunter, so to speak, but he's supposed to track down uh, Stifler's character in the jungle and stuff. It's a really good action movie, start to finish, and they should have made a sequel of it, but they never got around to it. But he just needs to find real roles that he can sink himself into and just find something that really works instead of just taking paycheck after paycheck after paycheck. Yeah, man. Like, I mean... I, the funny, I think I vaguely, I vaguely remember this movie, um, especially because I'm looking at like the um, description of it. It came out in 03, and that's when I still was on board with The Rock back then. Right. As far as like wrestling and stuff. But um, but yeah, man, like, I don't know. Man, I'm looking at these films that he's been in, and I mean, I love... The funny I'm like a huge Fast and Furious fan, but this last one, it, it, it was like... It wasn't really that good. Like, right. I, this is the I, one I, where I, Dom had to turn because there, he was being blackmailed, right? By yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah like I, I hate even saying it out loud that I didn't really like it, but it just wasn't a good movie. And even something like Pain and Gain, where it's like Pain and Gain think, was funny. I like Pain and Gain. Yeah, yeah. Like even a dark comedy like that, where like people going into it, like 
if you look at it just like on paper, like it looks like a terrible movie, but when you actually see the movie and it's dark and it's funny and he's funny in it, um, you know, you, you sort of see the talent that he has where he can do these sort of just like sort of different roles as opposed to being just like yeah, a guy man. that can beat shit up. And like, then, I really like the game plan and that's a total family movie. I really like the shit. I think he's great in that movie. Yeah, man. Like, I don't know, man. Like, it's, I, I saw that fucking uh, Rampage trailer and I knew <laughs> Baywatch was trash. Like, and then, I mean, the funny, like, Jumanji was actually getting, like, decent sort of reviews. It's at a 79 of Rotten Tomatoes. That's higher than but, Last Jedi. Go figure. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's just for the, um, that's for the critic score uh, for the 79. Oh, but, oh okay. Uh, but the funny thing is the audience score, they have it at a 90 on Jumanji. So, did you, did you ever, not to, not to interrupt, but did you ever watch Why Did I, or why did I get married? Yeah, no, no, yeah. Why did I get married to Tyler Perry movies? Uh, I don't know. Okay, no, actually, no, no. I watched the first one. I watched the, the first, first one. one is good. Don't ever watch the second one. Right. I'm going to yeah, sum I'm it up for twice. you. Okay, I'm going to sum it up for you. Janet Jackson and, and her, um, and uh, my man from Malik Yoba. Um, yeah. that they, they have problems. They're getting divorced. It gets ugly. Like he throws, she throws him out of the house. She cries a bunch, yada, yada, yada. She gets so mad at him. She goes to his job. His character's name is Gavin. It comes to me, right? Mm-hmm. And she goes to see Gavin at his job. Literally is, and like the divorce is like almost final and she's kind of coming out of her funk and she goes sees him at his job and embarrasses him at his job and like is yelling at him and Gavin leaves the office to get away from her because she's literally just on his ass talking so much shit and Gavin is so distraught that my man walks out into the street and gets hit by a bus and <laughs> dies no lie That's he a hell dies and then Janet Jackson's like, oh my God, God. And then, and then they do, I think they might do a funeral scene. And then like the cast comes back together and it seems like Janet Jackson's kind of really picking up the pieces of her life again. And then guess who the fuck Janet Jackson meets at the end of the movie? Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Dwayne The Rock wow. Johnson. In a cameo. In a cameo. Like, he's like, hi, I'm so-and-so. And she's like, hi, I'm, and then, and then it's credits. I swear Amen. to goodness. And 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 Janet Jackson's defense. And for full disclosure, I don't live an alternative lifestyle. But if you tell me I can go up from Malik Yoba to The Rock, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's an easy fucking choice, man. I believe Beyonce called that an upgrade. Oh yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> But that's a hell of a twist. I gotta watch this movie now just for the just for the ridiculousness of it. Yeah, man. man. It, like, the first one I thought was really good. The second one is complete trash. But, yeah, God, I'm looking at the resume, too, now. Hercules, trash. Furious 7 was fine. San Andreas, trash. He was in Jim and the Holograms? Like, what? Why would you be hit? I mean, he played himself in Jim and the Holograms. Central Intelligence, Moana, Fate of the Furious, Baywatch, Jumanji, Rampage. Oh man, Rocky. <laughs> yeah, man, like it's it's just not good. Like he's gotta get better shit. Like the funny thing is like I don't you know how basic well, I don't know if you really know, but 
Um, an- another legend, rest in peace, Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. Do you know like when he did that? That um, he would do. You know how he would do like you know goofy family funny movies. Yes. And then every every now and then he would throw in like a serious ass movie where it was like like twenty four hour photo. That's exactly the movie I was about to say. Yes. Twenty four hour photo was a fucking ride. And I could not believe Robin Williams was taking us on this fucking dog. And he acted fucking beautifully very in that movie. And I mean that you know, that wasn't like a blockbuster movie, that was just like a regular movie. But I really think the Rock could benefit, even if it's like an independent movie with um like A twenty four studio, um their studio that, that um that funded Moonlight like a bunch of like independent movies. Okay, cool. Like even if he does like The Rock the funny the Rock The Rock is such a personality that he could sort of even generate money for independent movie, but a movie that was just all dialogue and all acting, but it displayed his charisma, displayed like drama. But it wasn't like something that, oh yeah, the rock's gonna blow up uh, a bridge unless unless money is bought like right. he can like I have the feeling like he can just be himself without being like a hero I think maybe that's what he's caught up into I think that even with his character persona when he was a baby face and he was a hill then he was like a face again I think that he's sort of caught up in the fact that like people love me as a hero a smart ass hero and I have to be a hero on basically everything I do now. Mm-hmm. But but even moving, he did like Walking Tall, where he was like he was sort of a do gooder. But that movie was really good because it was yeah. it was it was very simple, and it basically it it showed you that yes, he can do action, but he can also act as well. And so I would love to see him in like an independent vehicle. Where he there's no car chase, <laughs> there's no stunt double. It's like him in a room playing off actors and actresses, and you know they're just carrying a movie with dialogue and seeing where it goes. That he he definitely needs something, and I'm really hoping that he'll he'll take a step back and realize this. He's ha- he actually just announced he's having another another baby at his age. He's like <laughs> in his forties now. Uh, yeah. and he just had one, like he has a two or three year old and now he, like his wife's pregnant again and he had a teenage daughter that from his previous marriage. So maybe he'll take a step back and be like, All right, I'm just going to concentrate on doing ballers and then, and doing these certain things. But he signed up to do the Fast and Furious spinoff with Jason Statham now. So see, yeah, I mean, that's that, why Tyrese I mean, is mad. Tyrese is mad because he's not he's messing with his money because they pushed back Furious Nine a year to do this Hobbs and what's his face movie. I mean, the, I mean, if Tyrese was real with himself, he would have been like, "Look, we know where the bread and butter is, so I'm gonna get a slice of the bread and butter and shut the fuck up and give this cash." Exactly, but, man. But but yeah, I mean, I mean. For the per- as a person who it, I, I consider myself a day two Fast and Furious fan like I didn't see it in theaters but I got it on DVD mm-hmm. and I absolutely loved it from the first watch of it on DVD I mean the reason we loved it really was because 
of I mean, <laughs> yo, this is a rest in peace episode, man. But yeah, I mean, Paul rest Walker. In peace to, yeah, Paul Walker. Like, I mean, he was charming enough to pull the movie off, and he played well off of Vin Diesel, and their relationship and dynamic was really good. And the ancillary characters around them were really interesting. And then the action and the cars are all just fun. But now they're going for like that. Is, they had cars racing a fucking submarine, dog. Like, oh my like, God. <laughs> like they like. Do you realize the first movie was about them stealing DVD players? Yes. Now they're they're dodging nuclear warships. Think <laughs> mm. <laughs> how ridiculous that is, man. Like, I mean, this. <laughs> I have nothing to say to that. Yo, that's like... <laughs> and people hate The Last Jedi, yet people will oh, support man. that kind of bullshit, man. Yo, they went from stealing DVD players to dodging nuclear fucking weapons, man. But anyway... <laughs> but, yeah, but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they we see the right wall where they're just going to make this just a sloppy, fun action movie. Where the characters, this like the characters don't even matter anymore. Like they're doing a spinoff with Hobbs, um, uh, with the Rock and Jason Statham, because Statham's going to be uh, a good action, like a uh, fighter, uh, kung fu esque dude, and the Rock is going to be a brawler, big and strong, and they'll say smart ass shit to each other. And then they'll make $200 million, and the movie will be like a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. Right. So, so yeah, they... The, I, I, the fan... I, in all honesty, I, I do think they're just better served with just sinking the Fast and Furious franchise um, and just moving on to other stuff, which The Rock... I think The Rock sees the writing on the wall, too, where it's like, I don't need, you know, eight other actors in this action movie. I can just have one other actor... And then me and him will get the spotlight. And then, you know, Chris and Tyrese and everyone else, y'all can, if you want to come with me, you can, but y'all getting a guest feature. Y'all not getting a poster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, well, yeah, man. So, you know what they're going to do, I, though, Fast and Furious? I mean, they'll I just reboot it. <laughs> so, I mean, shit. I mean,. I mean, what can they do next, man? They're going to drive into, like, a volcano or some shit next, dog. Like, <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous now. Oh, man. Um, but, yeah, man. Um, that's funny. We were off on the rock tangent. Yeah, we did. I, I'm, I was sitting here like, how did we... How did this happen? Yeah. <laughs> but, but I, I think mean, it was it necessary. Needed- I think because we all know that Dwayne listens to the podcast. He needs to hear. He needs to hear real exactly. talk. And he doesn't get exactly. that from, from his people all the time. So he needs See, this. And, and wrestling terms, he's had too many squash matches in Hollywood. He yes. needs a real... Slobber sort of, knocker. Yes. Like, he needs to, you know, he needs to, you know, fight out of the pin count, the, the pinfall every now and then, you know, kick out of it. But he just needs, he needs something that's going to start him from scratch and get him fresh. Actually show people that, like, look... I have great personality. You love my personality. You know it. I know it. So let me give you a vehicle that shows my personality, but I'm not like dodging over bullets the entire time. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Tangent, though. Yeah. <laughs> 
damn good Definitely. tangent. We definitely, definitely had some had some rock thoughts we had to get off our chest. Yeah, we had to get them rocks off. But. <laughs> you went there. I, I thought about it, but you went there. I had to. Laugh. All right. Uh, so where so, where are we at now? All right. So now someone who sort of like the Rock, you know, we saw at the beginning of his career. He was a he was a baby face. Yeah. Then he turned heel. Now he's kind of a when face would you again. say the heel turn was? Just the, curious. Oh, Taylor Swift. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah, for yeah, yeah. You're right. <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> it was definitely Taylor Swift, but uh, one of Chicago's finest MCs, uh, Kanye West. Someone now, I left year, off of my top MCs episode. I mean, if you, I I hate admitting this aloud, but I think that. I think Kanye is a great rapper, but he's definitely had a lot of help from a lot of sources. Yeah, and which I, which I honestly like. I honestly don't care because the music he's given has been su- such classic music that it's fine. But as far as like an actual rapper, like I mean, he's talking about bleached assholes. So right, we can, right. As far as like a, a MC, we can. I feel comfortable with leaving him off the MCs list. Now, if you want to talk about just what encompasses a rapper in total, then we can bring Kanye back into the fold. But mm-hmm. I agree. as far as as far as the lyricist, we can't bring people in fold who talk about bleach battles. That's just the bottom line. So <laughs> that's just what it is. I'm gonna say Pete Kanye lyrically for me was definitely graduation Kanye. And then he kind of made a comeback with the Dark Fantasy, Good Friday. And even yeah. on Yeezus, he had, he had some bars, I can say. But then since then, he's fallen off a cliff, I feel like. I mean, because even, even Pusha T said he wrote, um, he wrote one of my favorite songs on Pusha Fantasy, Gorgeous, the one with Raekwon on it. Uh, Push actually wrote that. Oh, that makes so much sense. It totally fucking does because it's fucking Fuck. fire. Yeah, man. Because Jay killed that, man. Yeah, man, he did. Um, it makes so much sense. Now. You ruined my childhood. No. Are you mean, the last Jedi? <laughs> no, I mean, oh, damn, there you go. There you go. I'm Marco Calrissian on Twitter. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but no, like, I mean, I think it's sort of like Dr. Dre. Like you know that like Snoop wrote all the shit for Chronic, yeah, and you know that Ice like Ice Key wrote the shit for NWA and DOC. So it's sort yeah. of like I mean it's it's not that big of a deal for me personally, uh, uh, specifically for Kanye. But I think the fun I was thinking about this earlier today. Like um, I was talking to uh, my better half, shout out to you, Danielle. Um, I was talking to her about you know some of my favorite Kanye songs. And one of my favorite songs is uh, Diamonds, where he's just basically oh, rapping his ass off for like five yeah. minutes. And that's not yeah. even, that's an original joint, the OG, that he made the yeah, video it, for, right? Yeah. Yeah. Diamonds but, is great. My, yeah, my father Ben said, and Jesus, so he took me to church, let the water wash over my Caesar. The preacher said, we need leaders. Right now, my body got still like a paraplegic. Like, ooh. Like, yes, Kanye. Yeah, yes. man. Like, 
Yeah, it, for the longest time, I, I I was fighting for late registration. My favorite Yay album, man, because because I felt like it was College Dropout on steroids, and I thought the bars were so much better than College Dropout. And that um, that song is one of the reasons why. Yeah, I would say as far as rapping, you're you're right about that. I I personally like the funny thing is I personally like Dropout better, but I I've heard plenty of people say that like they like registration better, which I I don't think is really that big of an argument to make for either side, honestly. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he he definitely raps better on like, registration, I think. Um. But the question with Kanye. Um, now this year, other than like his Adidas drops, uh, with the clothing and the shoes, um, musically has been like very, very quiet for Ye. Um, last year he had the, he had Life of Pablo and he had the tour and the tour cancellation. Mm-hmm. And this year he basically just was quiet for the whole year. Um, for mm-hmm. 2018 going forward, what do you expect from Kanye? Uh. Well, I hope he got that compilation album out of his system because that's what I feel like Life of Pablo was. And that really bothered me about it because there are songs where Kanye doesn't even appear. Um, and I, I just felt kind of gypped as a whole from Life of Pablo. And then with everything that happened subsequently from Life of Pablo to the time that he essentially checked out and uh, had to go to, um, uh, not rehab, but... Uh, I don't want to say Looney Ben. What's it called? Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, didn't he? Uh, he basically went to a mental hospital. Yeah, a mental mental hospital. That's what I'm looking for. What yeah. do I expect in 2018, though? I think, I think he responds to Hove. I think he. I think he has. I don't think he has to, but I think he has the balls to actually do it, especially with. It not being cleaned up, so to speak. I know there's rumors that they've spoken since the 440 short four shot came out on Kill Jay Z, but I really feel like he is going to come back at some point and address Hove. I don't think it'll be a complete song about Hove, but I feel like Hove's going to get a good 16 or so, and I don't think he's going to kick yeah. off a battle or anything. But I definitely think he's going to come back at that. I think he's going to put out at least a, co- a collaboration with someone. Whether that be Kid Cudi or a newer artist that he's working with, I've heard rumors of a Cudi Kanye collab coming. Um, so I could see that happening. Will we get an actual Kanye album though? I mean, he's got his third child on the way through a surrogate. Um, I mean, he's kind of he's kind of been low since everything happened, and he. Um, I mean, there was that that meme going around that Kanye put on a whole bunch of weight, but whatever, whatever. I I think at the most we will get a joint album from someone. I don't think it'll be Drake. I th- I think Drake will be I think Drake will have a big comeback in twenty eighteen. I'm gonna go ahead and say that now. I think Drake will put out his most impressive work since um if you're reading this and um uh what was the jo- what was the third album? Shit. I just, nothing, no, was, I the same. Was, nothing the was the same. Nothing was the same. Um, I think Drake will have a big year. I don't think he'll do it with Drake. I think he will do a, a collaboration with someone else, put that out. And then I think at best we will get Cruel Summer. But I don't think we're going to get an Yay album yet. But I think there will be signs. I think he addresses Jay Z at some point. I think that. 
I think we are going to get a Alvin next year. Um, I kind of feeling like, especially with him, he didn't even do like any sort of collabs this year. Um, I don't. I don't he think was. He, he was on more life. Uh, I feel like that. That felt like a real life of Pablo just go away, <laughs> honestly. But you, I mean, you're right. Like he did Pablo from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I don't know. I think that I think you're right. I think that. Oh, he, he was. Didn't he do a joint with Saha? None of Saha finally got his album out. I think I saw something about. Oh man. Well, I think he is on that. I listened to the whole tape. I listened to like a couple of songs on that mix. And I think he kind of. I think he took shots at someone. I don't think it was Jay. I think people were trying to say these could be veiled shots at Jay, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Oh, the Saha. Oh shit. He's only been on two songs this year. It was Glow from More Life and the Saha Joint song. It's called, <laughs> yeah, it's called That Side. That's the only thing he's been on this year. Yeah, see? Um, see? Know my shit. Yeah. That's why it's the world's greatest <laughs> podcast, Marcus Dale. Exactly. I, I follow you. I follow you. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, because he had such little input this year. I'm, so, I'm sorry, such little output this year. I think next year it's going to go super hard. I think, I mean, because even when Pablo came out, he was basically doing that. He was getting on a lot of features and a lot of collaborations with other people. Yeah. Um, I, I think 2018 is going to be similar. Um, I I don't think we'll ever get a Watch the Throne 2 album, but I really no. hope we somehow do. Like, um, I think that, um, I think his music. I mean, you're right in a sense that, like, Pablo was a collaboration album. Um, I think, I mean, because that's essentially what the whole Good Fridays were. Like, oh, it was yeah. basically him collabing and bringing together a lot of different people. And then that turned up on Dark Twisted Fantasy. But for some reason, Jesus, like, he, like, went away from that. Like, I mean, I think Jesus, he was just going through maybe just something just very dark personally. And he got away from the collaborations. Too. Yeah. And then, yeah, and so with Pablo until that back where he got rejuvenated from Chance the Rapper and, you know, just some, these different resources and he put out, like, a good album. How um, mad were you that 3000 wasn't actually on, what was it, four, um, 30 Hours? Th- 30 hours. I was so fucking pissed. Like, I, the first <laughs> time I heard it, like, I got hyped. You heard his voice, like, oh, okay. We might get to the bars, and then there were no bars, and I, I was pissed. I know. So, so yeah, man, I was no, it was completely one of one of my um, favorite gay verses to to completely sidetrack conversation again because my show. Well, it's our show <laughs> today, but it's my show. Um, is a uh, devil in a new dress, man? Yes, that that's another great a great Kanye moment. And, and one of the things that I think is hilarious about, uh, um, life of Pablo is the joint with Kendrick, uh, no more parties in LA is oh, yeah. after Kendrick spits and Kendrick's like, all right, Kendrick three did it. That's dope. Um, we got regular Ken- We got collab Kendrick, which means nothing fancy. Just, just rapping. And then Kanye, yeah. Kanye spits like what I'd say 50 plus bars, um, to end it's the song. A lot. Yeah, but it's funny how he raps so long that he starts out really good, 
and then it gets really bad for a while. <laughs> and then he brings it back up, and it ends the verse. And I'm like, how do you go from good to bad good in one verse, Kanye? I, was, I always find it hilarious. Like, I always find myself laughing every time I listen to it. Because he, he just gets so bad, and he just keeps on spitting. And it's like, yay, yay, calm down. Somebody should have reeled in this track. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Kanye, I mean, that's the personality of Ye, though. Like, he is so erratic that you really don't know where the next shit's going to turn you to, who's going to take you to. And the funny thing, I'm looking at his albums, and I didn't even notice this, but he's had years between releases. Like, okay, because 808s came out in November 08, but then Swiss of Fantasy came out in November 2010. 2010. And then Yeezus was 13. Yep, and the album was last year. So, I I mean, I don't think that I hope we don't get like years in between the next another Yay album. Um, I mean, it'll be official if he drops next year. It'll be officially two years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that I don't know. I think that he comes with something. Um, maybe not necessarily anything new that's under the sun, but I think that the Kanye twist on it will give him just better um, maybe just a resurrection sort of sort to yeah. how you know how he was you know when his beginning of his career he was making like a lot of music like I mean Dropout and Late Registration came out uh, a year and a half apart uh, Dropout was 04 Late Registration was middle of 05 and then Graduation was 07. 2007 and is 08 um, and then even Throne, like Throne came out eleven, um, yeah. And so I mean, he put that <laughs> a year. A- he put that a year after Twisted Fantasy. So I mean, he was. I mean, he was churning out great music in a very short amount of time. So uh, relatively speaking, but I don't know. I think that I think he comes with it next year. I think that he brings us. Um, I think he gets rejuvenated again by someone like Chance or like some up and coming rapper. That yeah. gives him a spark. We're probably then, gonna get chance for next year, bro. Oh, that's a good prediction. I think that that we're probably getting I new think, chance next year. I mean, you can't keep eating off three forever. So <laughs> I mean, so yeah, I think chance three. I think that has a very high uh, probability of dropping. Um, I think even for, I think. Uh, well, I don't think Kendrick's going to come out with anything new next year. I think I think he's going to maybe just ride the wave of damn for next mm-hmm. year or yeah. until next year, and then probably drop early uh, twenty nineteen. Uh, oh, did you hear? Did you hear? By the way, Kendrick is my song for Black Panther. Apparently, is he? Yeah, apparently uh, he's on an original song for Black Panther. Yo, did you ever hear Kendrick's song he did for the Amazing Spider Man two? No. <laughs> me and no, me and CFX really? went to see Amazing Spider-Man 2. And after it was over, we were just hanging out, um, kind of watching the credits talk. And I don't think there was an after credits scene or anything. But then we hear Kendrick. And Kendrick's just spitting these flames. I'm like, yo, is that Kendrick? And he's killing it. He's killing it. And then the hook comes in. And I want to say it was Mary J. Blige. Don't quote me. But this hook comes uh. in, and it completely ruins the whole song. And I was like, that's so, that's so trash, man. But he's on the Amazing Spider-Man 2 soundtrack, man. Man. Uh, you're not thinking about the, the Mary song that was on his album, right? No, it wasn't on his album. It wasn't on his oh, album. Okay. 
I can safely say that. Because I had never, I had never heard this, and I got me and Chris got super excited because was he was spitting bars. Like I feel like it might he might have even used this verse in he was in some kind of commercial not too long ago, maybe a year or so ago, and he was spitting this verse in a commercial. I think it was from the same thing. Like I'm going to Google it now. Podcast one hundred and one. Um, just because Kendrick. The amazing, is this song you did with Alicia Keys? That's it. That's it. That's the one. Alicia comes in and just ruins it. Pharrell, Pharrell produced it. Shit. Well, uh, Pharrell. Because yeah. it, it, her her thing, to, like what she did to it, it just didn't fit anything. Because he he literally spit these dope ass bars start the song. You get all hype. It's on again, and then she comes in and it's like. I'm a freedom fighter. Name the history route. Like, oh, come on, bro. Like, this ain't oh, this ain't the vibe. This ain't the vibe, man. <sighs> I've never, I never even sniffed this song before. Yeah, you know? I, I feel like he he definitely had a, a commercial for it. But to get back on topic, I don't think Kendrick drops next year. Uh, yeah. I would not be surprised though. I feel like. Kendrick will do something major that gets a lot of attention next year. I, I would not be. I don't want to say he'll drop that J Cole project that has been floating around for years, but I feel like uh, he may pop up with a certain guy from the six unexpectedly for the first time in years, <laughs> and I think it'll be a huge moment, man. Uh, so you think the. The faux beef gets squashed, man. I I think it gets put aside, and I, I think I think they go in, man. Because God, I, I have such high hopes for Aubrey, man. It's been two years. I feel like I just feel like he's he he's got views out of his system. He's obviously it's time for him to take it to a new level. He needs to do the next shit, man. And it's a real make or break moment. 2018 is for Drake because it's like it's it's officially nine years after So Far Gone came out as of March or February of 18. It's going to be such a major moment to see what Drake does next. Drake is the biggest rapper in the game. Is he the best rapper in the game? No, but he is the <laughs> biggest rapper in the game. And it's going to be major to see his next move because Views obviously was... Drake coasting victory lap, same with more life. It's time for him to really do it, it. I just, I can, I can feel it, man. I feel like he's just going to do something. I don't think he puts up a brick. I think, I think he might have to Vince Carter jump over somebody in the Olympics in 2018. And I think he's going to do it. Um, I, well, I was higher. I was higher more life than, than you were, but yeah, I'm still waiting on just like a, a straight R&B album, like a straight dance hall pop album from Drake. Mm-hmm. Like, just see if he can pull it off. And I mean, we the funny thing is like we definitely see that we definitely see kind of influence on Drake. But I mean, Ye gave us 808s, which is straight just emo, just dark, broody music. Um, we're still waiting. We're still waiting on that from Drake. So. I don't know. I think that I think that um, I think you're right. I think he does give us something that is maybe he gives us like a, a super rap album 
that is undeniably killer. I, I'm not where, low on more life. It's just I feel like they're just views throwaways. I like a lot. I like a lot of songs on more life. Don't get me wrong, but they're not. Yeah. They don't grab me like if you're reading this or nothing was the same or like even some of the stuff on views. It's not grabbing me. It's like. Yeah. You just had this laying around drink, and I know it, and it kind of bugs me. You know, I should be blessed. Yeah. I, should, I feel like a Star Wars fan. Just to yeah. bring it full circle again, it's like, it's like, oh, why are you giving me this crap? I don't want this. I shouldn't be grateful or anything for new music. But <laughs> that's the way a brother feels, man. I can't help it. Right, man, I feel you. I'm ready for All 18, right. though, man. I feel like we're gonna get we're going to get a lot of good music from some dope people who i actually care about in 2018 (laughs) (laughs) all right so okay so we definitely discussed some of the artists that you know some of the faves that we have uh, from this year and going forward um but looking a little bit back at 2017 Mm -hmm. um who do you think was the best artist now this can be any sort of artist that you want uh no genre no genre boundaries anything who do you think was the best artist of 2017, and who do you think will continue to dominate going into next year? Okay, I want your answer first this time. All right, so, oh, man. Now, there are definitely a lot of good answers for this, um, but I think, for me personally, I think if I'm about art and just the creation of art and the performance of art, I think that my favorite artist from this past year was Sampa and the beautiful album he created uh, process that he put out this year um, he to the best of my knowledge he produced the majority of it he plays the keys on I, I believe virtually every song Wow! and I believe he wrote all the songs and actually he performed all the songs um, I think that that is a solid sad boy album <laughs> where um, he he does he does a lot of emoting um, and a lot of just going through like his grief through his life, yeah. And not just with like relationships, but also stuff with his family as well. Um, he was my favorite artist from this year, um, and I do think that for next year, I think that hopefully his star continues to grow and continues to shine. And I I the funny I I, I could have caught him on tour. And I completely like missed the ball. I'm, I like missed. I dropped the ball. I'm surprised you did that, um, considering all the names that you've knocked out in recent history. Yeah, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I mean, I've seen over the last like year, I've seen uh, Kanye and Jay, and I never seen I never seen Jay before, man. Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, I I've seen Jay you, twice, man. and I still hate you. Oh man. I, I never seen Jay before. I never seen you don't know live, and it was, both were phenomenal. Mm. Both days were phenomenal. Yeah, and I happened to catch Jay before he canceled his last tour. Um, I saw him in Ohio, and he canceled his tour maybe about three or four weeks later. How? Uh, so it was like a complete luck. What did you think of the stage? Like, how amazing was that stage in person? It was pretty killer. Yeah. Like, it was it was it was very weird. Like don't get me wrong, but the way he had this bottom of the stage lit, and basically when he would drop like a fantastic song, all the kids 
below the stage would mosh the fuck out. And then the bass of the songs would vibrate throughout the whole stadium. Mm-hmm. And everyone's vibing out. Everyone's wilding out. Visually, it was pretty stunning. Visually, it was very interesting. Um, sometimes the stage would lean. Um, he had like a harness like connected to him, so <laughs> better safe than off. sorry. Oh yeah, because that stage was leaning like a bitch. Or, <laughs> or better safe than sorry. Yay! Ha 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 ha! Wow, really? Is that what we're doing here? Okay, okay. It's funny, you know it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, man. Like the way they did that tour, uh, there, the only bad thing about it was like there was no opening act, mm. and by the time the gate opened and he actually started, I I believe like an hour and a half or maybe even two hours passed. So the concert was pl- like pretty late into the night. Yeah. Um. But overall, like it was an amazing experience and. Um, going from the only time I ever saw EA before was uh, my freshman year at WVU in 2004, and he performed on a law school grass. Yeah, he did. Uh, with just just like a, a beat machine and a keyboard player by the name of John Stevens, who we all grew to know as John. John Legend. Legend. Yeah, and so I I saw him super early. Yeah, and seeing him super late. I saw him on the Truth Tour with Usher. Nice, man. Yeah, man. See, yeah, see, yeah, man. Seeing like seeing it's so it is sort of interesting seeing Ye from those humble beginnings and those beginnings were, were humble. Yeah, like seeing him go from that uh, to just hearing a guy on stage saying he's a good singer, but you don't know who the fuck he is, and then like, um, like four months later, a girl you're messing with freshman year tells you to listen to his album like lifted and so yeah just being like being a part of the whole vibe of like you know just him coming up and getting like his acclaim and fame and churning out making even more good music after that like uh, Kanye's career like I, I love even for all the faults and all the missteps like Kanye's career has been Probably like the biggest ride of any artist's career. Oh, that's that's for sure. I gotta agree with that. Yeah. And funny thing about when I saw Ye on the Truth Tour with Usher, it was the same day that Rick Danes passed. Oh, because we actually got to uh, the show, and then uh, like Ye, Ye was performing, he's opening that for us, and then he's like, "I just heard Rick James died. I just wanted everybody in the audience to say, I'm Rick James, bitch, one time.' And we all we all did that shit. Wow! It, it was it was the day he died. Like we were driving to Baltimore to the um what was the Baltimore Arena now? Um, driving there, um, Josie Usher and and Kanye, and they came across the radio, and me and Angel were like, "Damn!" And he was like, "That was right after uh, season two of Chappelle's Show came out and everything." Damn, I was 04, bro. Oh, I can't even imagine like that vibe. Damn, mm-hmm. that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, man. All right, so what do you... Um, okay, so who was your... Who do you think was the best artist or your favorite artist from this year? And do you think they'll continue to dominate going forward? Bruno Mars. Hands down. <laughs> like Great choice. I don't know... What got into him after Uptown Funk, but I hope it's pause, it stays him. 
this boy called the <laughs> funk and he has not let go because don't get me wrong i've already respected his earlier work with the singing the songwriting he definitely had some hits treasure is a dope ass song from his second album uh not lock the heaven dope song first album singles for days obviously but they were very pop oriented um they they came from a very talented place but they were made for top 40 but he got this bug and then he went and recorded this 24 karat magic album and that thing is one of the best albums that i've heard in ages and still is a year after its release like that whole video, the first video and the first single, 24 Karat Magic, is such a vibe. And you follow that up with uh, That's What I that's what I Like, and then the Versace on the floor, and then you listen to the actual album, and it's just nothing but funk and, and 80s R&B, New Jack Swing. And speaking of nostalgia, he up to 2017 <laughs> and made it his own. And then these performances he's put on at... Anytime he's on TV, like I'm, I'm still going to make it a point to go find his live special he did on network TV a few weeks ago because I know that joint is fire. Him and Bruno put on shows, and Bruno does not, he doesn't slouch on any details. That's why he's had one of the best Super Bowl performances since Prince, is because he does a damn it. And Bruno, Bruno, I think, I think he's going to lay off in 2018. Because it's been a year since his albums come out. He's done the tour. He might still be on tour. I don't know if, how long his tour goes into. But I think by the time all that's done, he's going to take some more time off. And we'll probably hear Bruno come in 2019. But my God, nobody had a better year than 2017. In 2017, other than Bruno Mars. For me. Yeah, man. Like, he's he's absolutely good. Like, for all mm-hmm. the performances, like... I mean, the funny thing is, like, even years before, where, like, you you know, like, for me personally, like, you know, I would hear, like, this song on radio and be like, oh, yeah, you know, that's, that's a pretty cool song. And then, like, he'll go on these random performances, and, you know, like, this kid, like, he wants to be Michael Jackson Jr., but in a good way, like, he's doing his shit, right? Right. And then this, and then this last album, um, it just blew everything out the water. Like, he... He amped everything up. Like the production was phenomenal. Like he's bringing like the mad energy for the, all the performances. The swag and, is insane, man. Yeah, man. Got the the, the sold out tours. Like mm-hmm. I like um, one of my friends. Like her parents, they like they wanted to. Um, they, you know, they wanted to go to the show here in San Antonio, and like they had to buy that shit like the first fucking day it came out. <laughs> or, like he got sold out like dumb quick. Yeah, so, man. And so, I yeah, was man. at my uh, uh, cousin-in-law's, essentially, Angel's cousin. Um, we were at their house for Christmas Eve, and her mother um, was talking about 24 Karat Magic was her favorite song. And she and the age gap is real, obviously. It's her mother, so she's like <laughs> 60s. And I was yeah. and I was like, yo, Amy, you like that song? She's like, yeah, I love that song. I was like, hell yeah, did we just become best friends? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what music is supposed to bring us together. Um, it is, man. I, okay, so I want I want you to do a holy trinity, a power ranking of who's the best performer. There's three choices, but you gotta go one being the best and three being the bottom. Bruno, Beyonce. Kendrick. 
Oh, <laughs> that's I just, that's super hard. I just thought of that, man. I'm going to surprise you. Okay, who? who okay, Be- so because who's gonna, because the vocal ability carries into the performance and is. I actually enjoy the vocals more live than I do recorded. I'm going to put Beyonce at one. Ooh, that's that's my number one as well. <laughs> then Bruno and then Kendrick. Just because yeah. it's so hard for a rap artist to match that kind of intensity. It goes along with Bruno or Beyonce, man. Like, Kendrick's not going to have choreography. Like, Kendrick can be as impassioned and into it as he wants to be and have whatever other things going on the stage he you definitely lock in when you're watching kendrick but it's not the same it's not yeah yeah man because there's even times when like kendrick will put on a really good spectacle then it's like there's times when he's rapping you can't even hear the words because you got fireball shooting out his ass (laughs) (laughs) right yeah but like beyonce like oh she's gonna project and Bruno, he's going to protect, and they're both going to give you like all the energy that you can take and all the drama you can take. Mm-hmm. But they're going to give you like great vocal performances. Yeah, um, man. but because even the thing of the Super Bowl, like, I still I give the slight edge to Beyonce. But I think as far as like live performers, like I don't think you're going to go better than the three of those acts. No, they're all incredible, and you know who we're getting in the Super Bowl this year. Who? Timberlake. Oh, I want to say that again. Timberlake. Oh, okay. Yeah, jo- um, Justin's Justin's about to say. Apparently, he's got some new music coming next year, so he's he's cycling up and he's doing Super Bowl first time since Nipplegate, bro. <laughs> oh man, hey man, they let him back in our Janet. Okay, <laughs> right, right. Oh man, but. But yeah, but okay. So I think that I think I said Bruno Mars is definitely a solid choice. I, I I do see that he probably could you know chill out a bit. Um, I, I mean he's going to finish his tour probably in the next couple of months, so I, I can see him just chilling out for twenty eighteen. Um, all right. So now going away from the best, we're going to go to the worst. Okay, so, <laughs> I'm ready. So, Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm ready to go. All right. So who is your worst artist in 2017? And do you think they can get better going forward? Mm, yes, they can get better going forward. So here is my worst artist in 2017. Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> That's a name from the dead, man. God damn. Dude, dude. <laughs> You you left Morgantown in what September? Um, no, June. June, see June. June. Yeah, and I know that you had better sense than to listen to WQ, but this dude Machine Gun went full on pop rock star rapper, and wow. not even in a put, put pitbull way where pitbull way where it's like man, it's pitbull, but this song kind of I can live with it. No, no, this is. He he had went from Wild Boy, which I respected that era, and being signed to Bad Boy, and then doing his his own little thing on his on the independent scene and doing the grind from a few years ago to being this total pop rapper that makes love, sappy love songs, man. And it's such a fall from grace for him because I was never the biggest MGK guy. 
But at the same time, if somebody said, hey, you like MGK? I'm like, yeah, he's dope. Whatever. I respect him. But now he's, it's just like he's completely sold his soul for top 40 recognition. He went to the Pop-Tart charts. That's he, a damn he, shame. He really did. And funny thing, I went home this past weekend, and me and my dad were watching Salute to the Troops, the WWE show that they do for the troops every year. Machine Gun, Pel- yeah. Machine Gun performed not once, but twice. The second time, he played a guitar. <laughs> the second time, he played a guitar. Ooh. And the first Ooh, time, baby. it was really, really bad. And my dad was like, is this his big song? I'm like, Dad, I have no idea. No. This isn't Wild Boy. Oh, this isn't man. his big song. <laughs> ooh, ooh, no, baby. What is you doing? Yeah. Like, ooh, oh, no, no, baby. What is you doing? That's exactly right, man. Like, I know I had a different answer the first time we tried this, but I really sat back and tried to think of an actual artist that was at least some semi-relevant to me and not be so hard on these white girls, like you said. <laughs> so I'm saying Machine Gun Kelly because he he really, he, he can't, he's really just embraced making it take his routes of money which i respect if he's making money now and doing better he's more successful but that nah bro this is this in the look for you so i hope that uh we hear less of him in 2018 and he retools and gets back to his roots <laughs> that's who my worst artist uh, of 2017 is oh uh, man well i already gave my answer inadvertently but um we're not going to spend too much time on it but the the dude that played Aquaman, you're fucking terrible. <laughs> 2018 is going to get worse, so get some acting lessons. So Jason Momoa, uh, we're talking to you. Yeah, man. So he's my worst artist of 2017. Fair enough. All right, all right. So going forward, looking back at oops, going forward, looking back. Um, all right, looking back at the, what do you think was the best movie of 2017, and what was the most anticipated movie for 2018. Okay, for this one, Get Out was my best movie. Yeah. Um, just as I mentioned in a previous episode, I just saw it a few, like a month or so ago, and I loved it. I somehow didn't spoil myself on it. I knew, obviously, that the white people were after the black guy. I didn't know in what capacity. And I did not, at the, I did not see the twist ending coming. Spoilers, I thought when... The cops, the cop rolled up that my man was going to jail, which was the original ending, and then it didn't test well. So uh, Jordan Peele changed uh, to TSA, saving the day. But man, that movie is such a ride, man. And as someone who's in an interracial relationship, thankfully, I never had to go that route with Angel's family. But um, there, there's still certain things that you deal with on a day-to-day basis that... Um, that gets noticed a lot in, or a lot of attention is paid towards it in the movie, even outside of the main body snatchers plot. So, <laughs> Jordan Peele, salute to you, man. Swig a beer if this is a Steve Austin podcast. Uh, you did a hell of a job, and I can't wait to see what you do next. Um, and I hope that uh, you get some awards this award season, man, because that was a hell of a movie. Yeah, man, don't get no fucking comedy awards, dog. This shit was not a damn comedy. Oh, hell no, man. What the fuck, Golden Globes? That was such yeah, bullshit. Man. They definitely and you know they're going to you know they're going to give it to him. And I hope he like take a shit on on shit, dog. Like, man, like, yeah, that, that was complete bullshit. But we're not going to do all the negativity for that. But yeah, I think the best movie. Um, for this year, I definitely think 
was I, I agree. I think Get Out was the best movie. Um, I love, love, love uh, Last Jedi. I love Logan. Um, yeah. I love Train Spotting too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Train Spotting Two. It was definitely the. It was a sequel to the original Spotting from the nineties. The movie they basically have like updated, just so all the characters from the original movie and what they're doing with their lives now and like different. Which I think is so dope that now. they were able to come back to it after all this time. Yeah, yeah man, I I saw it in theaters and well, it was like a. It was I think it was basically like an independent release, but it's on mm-hmm. uh, Blu-ray right now. So anyone can get it. I definitely, if you love the original Transplotting, you will love this new one. So I definitely recommend that. Um, and a piece of actually, well, what we're doing right now is probably going to get put up after I release this. But I actually wrote about Blade Runner uh, 2049. Um, I'm going to post that in the morning. And oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah, I love that movie a lot. Um, I definitely look at why I love the movie and sort of, dispelling some of the reasons why other critics did not like the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm putting that up. That was one of my favorites from the year. Um, Baywatch was not one of my favorites from the year. Oh, um, why not? <laughs> Come on, I mean, man. The Rock's just trying to eat. <laughs> he's trying to eat, man. Everyone's got to eat. Um, but yeah, another good, good one, like you already mentioned, uh, Wonder Woman. That was uh, one of the goals this year. Um, so yeah, there was a, this was a pretty good movie, a pretty good movie here. Baby yeah. Driver was a really solid. Oh really man, I movie. have not seen Baby Driver. I forget. I keep I, I, when it was out, I wanted to go see it. I didn't make it. And is I don't is it out on DVD now on Blu-ray? I guess digitally. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah, I need to um, I need like, to look that up. Yeah, Star Wars is great. Dunkirk was great. Girls Ship was great. Oh, Girls uh, Ship is, is another one I need to see because Angel wants to see it without me. So. Uh, you know, that, it was probably one of it was probably like the funniest movie from this year. It was so fucking good. It was a really good movie. Um, and for for next year, my most anticipated movie, um, I got. I'm choosing really between um, Black Panther and Avengers: mm-hmm. uh, Infinity Wars. I mean, I don't think my blackness will allow me not to say Black Panther. So. Well, Black Panther's my pick, so you covered it for me. Yeah, man. Yeah, like, it just, it looks phenomenal. I'm, I'm really hyped about the director, Ryan Coogler, getting into the mix. Coogler. Um, he's a like truth, it, man. Yeah, man, he, he's done a lot of great projects so far. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, he's going to continue that streak and go on 2018. Um, so yeah, I think they're going to do a lot of great things with Black Panther and hopefully that leads to like a, a solid, solid trilogy and hopefully that opens the door for minority, not only just um, black men, but also maybe like a Storm solo movie one day or other, just like minority people getting their own vehicles for the action movies because um, as long as we do, man, like I think they're going to do a really good job with this and they're going to hope Hopefully, use that example to give other people shots. You know what I just thought of? I'd like what? to see a Nick Fury, Samuel L. Jackson Netflix movie. Uh, that could work. That's a really good idea. Yeah, and it doesn't even have to be something that carries a story alone. They just pick a random moment in time of Nick Fury's timeline and tell the story. I think it'd be super dope. It would not be that hard to make. And if you put it on Netflix, 
or the Disney streaming app when that shit comes out, it's going to do numbers. <laughs> oh man, I mean, I think you're right. Um, I mean, it's, I mean, they gave like the Defenders like their own series and sort of. I think it was sort of an okay thing, other than Iron Fist being, you know, trash. In a yeah, way. yeah, Marvel's <laughs> biggest missed stuff so far. Yeah, man, they they jump ball on that one, but but yeah, I can see them. Even like the funny thing is, you can even give people like just sort of mini series. Like you can give people like six or seven episodes, and it doesn't even have to be like multiple seasons. Just have it like one season, one storyline. Yeah, and if that works, to to do more. Yeah, exactly, and that and that's why the Netflix Marvel Universe has worked so well, other than Iron Fist, because start out with Daredevil, they brought in Jessica Jones, and then Luke, and then they rolled out Iron Fist, and then you got Defenders, and then they finally just now Punisher, and now they're gearing up to do Daredevil season three, and it, it's it's amazing how Marvel just stays winning, bro. Definitely <laughs> it yes, is. man. They- they have the blueprint, dog. They they, they actually they don't even have blueprint. They made the blueprint for themselves. Yeah. And then DC's catching up. It's never it's never been done on a level like this before. And who would have thought, even ten years ago, again to go back to 07, that we would. I mean, because in 07 we were from Iron Man, and that was the very first one. And now we're talking about the twentieth movies coming out in this Marvel Cinematic Universe. So who would have been? A- thought that the continuity would have been able to be maintained and the egos and all these people being able to make this one big thing dedicated to one of the best universes that's ever been created in history and it'd be as big as it's been yeah man they're they're doing a lot of good shit right dog so yeah so, so yeah they're gonna keep killing this shit and all right so we said our most anticipated movie now um Reflecting back on the year, mm-hmm. what do you what do you think the most underrated thing from twenty seven is? I'm gonna so go ahead. I'm sorry. I was gonna say yeah, anything. Like, what do you anything. think the most underrated okay. thing? I got two things, but I'm gonna take your pass. And I'm gonna give it back to you and ask you to answer first. Dog, the most underrated thing from this year is so simple and so brilliant. Fucking quietness. Just <laughs> the most underrated thing from this year is being fucking quiet, dog. Like, yeah. Between, I mean, there's a lot of distractions out there. Some good, some bad. But just taking the time for yourself and just enjoying some absolute quietness. Like, for me, like, I mean, this year, it really was. I mean, I did. I was in a lot of flux this year. Like, I. I mean, I as a, as we alluded to earlier in the, in the pod, like I moved from West Virginia um, the first week of June. Uh, I moved from West Virginia to to uh, Maryland, and then from Maryland to Texas. I moved three times within a span of six months. Mm. So my life has been hectic as as a bitch, but um, just you know, just time to just to relax and reflect and. Even though waiting for like my blog, uh, themarkrob.wordpress.com. Official sponsor um, of the Hyphenation <laughs> Podcast. Definitely. Um, even stuff like that, just you know, taking the time for yourself and just finding just sort of peace within yourself, especially you know with the hecticness of 
just political climates and social issues and yeah. sometimes things can just feel like just um, a burden sometimes and you know sometimes you just need to be you know by yourself not necessarily by yourself not necessarily isolated but just having you just time need some yourself. me time man yeah definitely man and um, while my life has definitely been hectic um, these last like six months I was able to find especially through my blog and through reading and through just personal writing, um, you know, just an outlet for, you know, myself and, you know, just making sure that I'm not getting too, not getting too up and not getting too down about stuff. Yeah. So. And that's, and that's super important. Yeah, man. All right. So what is your most already thing from this year? All right. I got two things. Like I said, Okay. the first one being the fact that every in Hollywood is coming out in, telling their stories now about whether they've been sexually harassed or anything like that and the whole hashtag me too movement. I think that's super important and it's important only for that to be seen in the public eye as far as, um, these actresses and just even actors thinking of Terry Crews, all these people who have been in compromising positions and have been afraid to speak out. The fact that they're able to speak out, um, that is holy. Um, giving some kind of um, hope to victims that aren't famous and being yes. able to be like, be like, well, so-and-so said this about Brett Ratner. Um, I, I think I am going to go down to the police station and say what my coworker Jerry did to me last night um, or whatever, whatever, or just to flip it back on Terry Cruz's mode. I think I will go to HR and tell, tell them my boss grabbed my penis last night and it was totally unprovoked and I didn't want it. I think I will, despite it being crazy, if they're brave enough to do it, especially Terry Crews, why can't I charge that I was groped um, as a dude? Like, it's so important going forward. I know that there's some Matt Damon who say Matt Damon, that there's levels of Matt Damon to this shit. <laughs> and some is not as bad as others, Matt Damon. But the thing is, it's all wrong. It's all relevant, and it's I'm I, it's really bringing sweeping change. I feel like it's going to bring sweeping change because there's dudes on Twitter saying, "Oh, so it's not okay for me to hug a female coworker," and then chances like, uh, "No, if she doesn't want to hug, quit being creepy." <laughs> like, yeah, like. These like the most irritating thing I've seen would be people like, oh, I'm just not going to talk to women at my job now. Right. And it's like if you don't have enough self self control and respect for this woman that you have to quarantine yourself from the woman, doesn't that make you the wrong person? Yes, like, it does. Like you don't have like you don't have to do these sorts of oh yeah I'm going to ignore a woman because. I don't want to think, I don't want them to think I'm, you know, rapist or whatever. Like, dog, like, if you're going out of your way to do shit like that, that just means that you feel you have things to do with women, whatever you choose to. And it's not right, man. It's totally not fucking right. No. So, so kudos to everybody who has spoken out in the Me Too movement. Um, now, other thing is a song. It's one song and one song only. And... <laughs> It's it's called Sign of the Times, Marcus, and it's uh, it's by uh by a former boy band member 
for One Direction, but I really fucking love that song. I think it's an incredible piece of music <laughs> by one Harry Styles, former boyfriend of Taylor Swift. So that's it for 2017. <laughs> I think album, like... No, that's, that's not underrated. I mean, that's hey, a classic. That's, whatever floats your boat, but don't get me wrong. That's all I was saying. I, was I listened to Son of, Son of the Times by Prince a lot this year, too. But every time that Harry Styles joint comes on the radio, I'm like, you know what? This is a good-ass record. It's just a good-ass record. I'm sorry. Hey, man, that was, a, that was an original-ass answer, buddy. Good job. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, man. You know, I, I try to keep it funky like Bruno. So why not? <laughs> I, got, I got more bad pop music for the next answer. So, okay. Well, you can answer this one first. So, okay. what was the most overrated thing from 2017? The most played video in YouTube history, Desposito. I'm so sick wow. of Desposito. I don't like the Justin Bieber version. I don't like the version without Des- Justin Bieber. I'm glad that. Um, oh, why is it not coming to me? Uh, what do they call that? The rap. Reggaeton, I'm glad the reggaeton made a little comeback after Tom, and it wasn't a Noriega song. <laughs> but uh, I, I just, it just never did anything for me. I may, and I, it just, I just never, just not my thing, man. Not my thing. I don't care how intoxicated. I don't care what's happening. I don't care what the lituation. Shout out to Fab. I just cannot, cannot. <laughs> get down with Desposito. I don't get it. And I, w- I would rather listen to somebody cry about Force w- about Last Jedi than listen to Desposito again. Wow. I'm man, so over it, man. Harsh. I'm over it, man. I mean, I don't know the words, so I, I choose to ignore it. I'm doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> um... Uh, uh, well, for my answer for most overrated thing in 2017, I mean, I'm I'm going out there a rap legend here, but I think Eminem rapping in 2017. <laughs> <sighs> oh man, I I still have not listened to Revival. Have you listened to it now? Hell no, man! Mm. I'm not wasting my molecules, my eardrums on that album, dog. Like now, now the now it's the people are coming out of the woodwork. Saying, saying, oh, if y'all think if y'all think revival is trash, y'all crazy. And I'm like, oh, now people were people were coming out with a different narrative because like the whole narrative after Mount the same week last year, I stayed the hell away from it. Yeah, but nah, man. I mean, I I I can't do Eminem in 2017, man. Like, I mean, it's I think that the funny thing is, I think whenever you look at Eminem's career. Like, it really is sort of a thing where, because earlier we were talking about Kanye as far as, like, the list of not being, like, a great MC, but, like, overall great rapper. I think that when we look back at Eminem's career, we're going to look at how much of a wizard he was with making rap, but a lot of his music just did not age very well. And... Because a lot of his, a lot of his like introduction to us was this sort of shock and awe campaign of where like you had this white kid from Detroit from a trailer park just basically making fuck you records and not only just fuck you records like face fuck you records. Like the funny thing is like one of my favorite Eminem bars uh, 
Will Smith don't got a customer rap to sell records, but I do. So fuck him and fuck you too. <laughs> like that's like that's genius. Like it's it it really is sort of the genius of like Eminem. Yeah. But yeah, especially I mean, but, that time. Yeah, like, and I think that he really is sort of a he benefited from the time then, but now it doesn't sort of it doesn't sort of resonate anymore because I mean even his last album like he's attacking he's attacking Trump. And I mean, at this point, I mean, yeah, like there's a lot to attack Trump on, but at the same time, it's still hanging fruit. Where back TRL heyday, like making fun of like you know Christina Aguilera and NSYNC and Moby, like these are sort of just weird and sort of interesting things because at that point he was basically challenging the establishment. Yeah, and he was basically saying that look, this pop music is bullshit. And I want to give you music that's going to be in your face. It's going to be um, all over the place, but um, I'm still going to make it sort of enjoyable for you to like. And I want to make it enjoyable for you to say fucking sing and fuck uh, Britney Spears and all that. But now it's sort of like, I mean... He's a, cor- like, he's a corporation now, is the bad thing. Because of him just him being older and him becoming a record label exec and shady records and his music not aging well, like Eminem is now everything that he's kind of rallied was rallying against as in his early career. He was a youth movement and he's, he's the old guy telling people get off his lawn, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like he just doesn't like the thing that made Eminem great. It just, it just does translate now anymore it just it just doesn't like i mean we don't have like other than i don't know i mean even if even if you made like a disc record about like taylor swift it's sort of like i mean she's taylor swift like we live we actually live now as far as we consume music where we can literally be sheltered from pop artists and like we can be sheltered from these mammoth hits because we can go our own music now right like we can go to Spotify. We can, you know, still download illegally. Uh, the internet radio station. Hey, hey where, this is a title sponsored podcast, by the way. So you can say that. <laughs> oh, I mean, well, hey, well, hey, we can pay for title and support Jay Z and Queen Beyonce. There, there we go. Um, there we go. But yeah, like you, you have all these. <laughs> exactly. I shout out to Beyonce. Tell you know, blue is past at bedtime. But <laughs> but yeah, like you like in the late 90s and early aughts like I mean you basically had 106 in Park you had TRL you had your local radio music station and you had your your friends and they these all played a role in how you consume music but now it's like like you don't even need to turn radio like you can pick and choose everything that you want like the funny thing is like even thinking about a song like Hit Me Baby One More Time like that song was fucking everywhere. Even if you don't even like like Britney Spears, or even like the song, like you know what that song is. I literally cannot tell you the last Taylor Swift hit. Like I don't even know how the shit even goes. Like right. I don't even know how to like the last Katy Perry single from this year went. And that just wasn't the case back then. So someone attacking Katy Perry now, other than like her being like goofy and trying to use the Migos which is justifiable, it's sort of like, okay, like, we know she's sort of a cornball for doing that. Yeah. And so, because because we know it, it doesn't, 
it doesn't mean much to actually say that everyone's already saying it. So, so yeah, I think he's sort of a victim of the times where his music hasn't really grown, um, really hasn't grown um, beyond like you know the Marshall Mathers LP. No, you're you're 100 percent correct because. I mean, and, and it didn't help that he turned into the biggest rapper in the world, because um, yeah, no he, one, he, he, no one could have predicted that for him, and he he certainly didn't adjust to it well, as we saw with everything he went through following Encore. The relapse came out, uh, but that I think that had a lot to do with it. But it, it's easy to throw rocks at the establishment on the ground, but then when you're top floor selling ten million records. Things change, and you can never get back that original feeling. Yeah, man. So, yeah, like, even if, like, the funny thing is, like, if people would have came out and said, I think this is, like, a really good album, there's a lot of good content, and I think you should listen to it. I think if people were saying that, like, I probably would have gave it a listen, but... I mean, it, it sort of basically, everyone's, like, review of it, uh, like, on Twitter, I mean, it basically already established what I already knew is that we're not going to get, we're not, we're not going to get anything new from Eminem. No. And for me, like, if I think that an artist isn't going to give me any new sort of thing about themselves or any change in their art, then I don't necessarily need to listen to them anymore. Um... So yeah, I mean Eminem unfortunately definitely is on that list, and so so yeah, I think I mean because yeah. I'm pretty sure he still did numbers with the album. I'm pretty sure I haven't even tried to look. Well. I haven't googled it since uh, I was looking at reviews and stuff. But I will make this promise to you, Marcus. I will listen to Revival, and then I will post a review on Twitter for okay. everybody. All, all of the Hyphen Nation podcast. Be on the lookout. I'd say within the next two weeks. I will get a, a rival review up on Twitter and tell you my honest opinion. And I'm doing this for y'all. So y'all don't have to. <laughs> yo, yo, you should do, you should do a live tweet, man. Just like have like a live tweet song for song. Yeah. Um, I could. Just go for it, man. Yeah. I mean, I mean, cause I'm, I'm assuming there's going to be, you know, moments on the album that are very low, but I mean, he may come at you with some good lyrics that you thought are killer and you, you may forget it down the line. So I haven't I tweeted live the tweet. album in a long time. Yeah, let, let's let's make it a date. Let's let's live yeah, tweet man. this thing, man. And then I'll, I will, of course, yeah. give you all the review on uh, upcoming episode of Hyphen Nation. So, with that being said, with me saying Desposito and you saying Eminem rapping, what is next, Marcus? Showing Mad okay. Love Robinson. All right. So, what do you think um, from this year? Uh, down down the line, like years from now, we're gonna look back and say something from 2017 was a classic. Like, what do you think from this year will be considered a classic? I have 44 down as my initial answer, but uh, I'm actually going to change that because I do think 444 will be looked at as a classic um, in a couple years' time. But the Last Jedi is going to be seen as a classic because oh. everybody's going to be is going to stop getting butt hurt and actually doing a little research on Empire and apparently a lot of people had a problem with Empire when it came out in 1982 or well, in 1980 as well and 
as time went on, and especially after Return of came out, and then they had new stuff be outraged over, that's when people respected Empire more. I feel like the closer we get to episode, the further away we get from Last Jedi, closer we get to episode nine, people will actually come to love and truly respect The Last Jedi, is what I think will be considered a classic. Yeah, well, yeah, I. Yeah, even going back to um, I was talking earlier about Blade Runner, the the uh, sequel that came out this year. Yeah, the original the original Blade Runner that people think. I mean, the original Blade Runner really is sort of like the template for dystopian movies, but the original one was panned. Like, it didn't really get popular until the director's cut afterwards. So, um, yeah. so yeah, so I think that you you are right about. I think over time, like people will recognize the greatness. People don't recognize it now, but they recognize the greatness with Last Jedi. Um, but for my answer, my answer is 444. I think that um, I think we're going to look back at a piece of music, and I think even one day maybe it feels better than Reasonable Doubt. Um, but for me, I I do think it's I think it's better than Blueprint. I like it more than Blueprint. I like it more than Blue. Yeah. Yeah, man. I was listening to Blueprint today. But, I was going to listen to Blueprint today, but then I got caught on a Mark. Mar- I got caught into this Mark Marin podcast, so I just kept listening to that. Oh man, I need I need some yeah, bars. I mean, <laughs> I mean, so yeah. So as of right now, I still have it as my second favorite J album. Um, I I think it's going to get better with age, like the soul samples in it, the production. Um, none of that's going to fall off at all, and Jay's lyrics aren't going to fall off at all over time. So no, because he 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 took such care with everything. Like it like it didn't feel like throwaway bars like Magna Carta or Blueprint Three had. This feels like honest, well written Jay Z lyrics. The whole album, start to finish, without the bonus tracks. I've listened to bonus tracks one time, and I don't even need them. Like they're cool, but yeah. the the real. The real 444 effect is kill Jay-Z up until then. That, that's just flawless music. And for him to do it in 10 songs in such a concise matter and so well, it's, it's just phenomenal. And it's just, he's so locked in. God, it's just a beautiful, beautiful piece of music, man. It really is, man. Like, like I wrote before, like, I mean, it's maximum efficiency, like, there's not a second wasted from the production. There's not a, a single bar wasted. I mean, not a single concept wasted. I mean, I think everything for the album, I think for me, is perfect. And yeah, man, I think whenever we look back in this year in music, I mean, 444, I mean, this is going to be the thing that we look to as in, like the beacon of, of rock music. Now, I mean, Oh, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, people are going to look back and say, like, you know, Migos, Cardi B, Gucci, like, they have, like, the popular runs with the younger crowds, but we're not going to, how many people are going to be listening to um, the Migos album, you know, after this year? Um, I love Cardi B, and I love um, Get Up. Um, yes, you do. And <laughs> I do, do, and I'm waiting for her new album. Um, but is it going to touch 444? I'm not going to assume it is. Um, right. And Gucci, Gucci's put out like three or four albums this I think, year. And <laughs> I think it's four, bro. He just put out an album last yeah. week. He put out an album last week, yo. So, 
it's like, I mean, Gucci's trying out music, you know, like Lil Wayne would like to so. put up music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, these these rappers that we look as far as like the popular singles, especially like Gucci Gucci or whatever, like they're not gonna have the lasting power that 444 is gonna have. Uh, now, like you said, like next year, you know. Uh, I do agree. I think Chance is going to come out next year with something hot. Um, I think Cole probably is going to drop an album. Um, yeah. I I think Drake is going to do something new too. Um, so we're going to get like we're going to keep getting music from artists that you know we fuck with heavy. Yeah. Um, but I but I think this year um, I think the belt does go to Jay. Um, I was shocked. Well, I think a lot of people were shocked. Like Big Sean again this year too with the Metro Boomin album. And I'm not, I'm not a biggest Metro Boomin guy, but it's Sean, so I'm gonna check that out here, um, in the new year. So I'm excited about that. But one last note on 444. Uh, I never thought I would hear a piece of music that Jay that would make me be like, if he never makes another piece of music, I'm go with it. And this yeah. album, it literally is. If, if some, if he just says tomorrow I'm not rapping no more, that was it. Which we wouldn't believe. But if he never comes back out with another album, this is the perfect ending to his career. Like literally, he can he can go make that dumb Beyonce collaboration album they've been talking about for a couple of years. Because I don't really want to hear Hope nah, and nah. BM. Um, no, I don't want to hear that either. He, he's he. I think we're going to get it at some point. But as far as his solo output, if this is the last Jay record, thank you, Jay, so much for making this the final one, man. It's perfection. Yeah, man. I mean, I don't. If Jake puts out a new album, like unless the only way I see Jay make an album in the next two years is if it's a collaboration, but. I mean, I would rather get a Watch the Throne two than a Beyonce J album. Like, I yeah. mean, funny, I don't think I don't think anyone really. I don't think anyone wants that album from Beyonce. So, I hope either I I hope neither one of them wants it for themselves. So, yeah, I, mean, I think that. Well, I was worried because I, I saw that interview he did. That he said him and Beyonce were collaborating a lot of their music, and it helped them kind of deal with their issues. And then out of that spun Lemonade, and then out of Hitchens. He kind of spun 444, and it's like, he's like, but he did say that music exists where we're together on songs and stuff. Now, granted, it's probably deeply personal, so I can't see him reaching some of this stuff, but I I still feel like we we might see the light of day of something, but I hope not. They don't really need that. We need that six Beyonce album more than anything else, and just now, so, yeah, yeah. We need that lemonade follow up. We gotta see what B's gonna do now. Yeah, man. I mean, I can't believe the, I just um, said those words. <laughs> I mean, hey, dog. Like the Beyonce salon, Sean, Holy Trinity. They released three classic albums. Like yeah, Solange's joint I mean, was hard as fuck, bro. I liked her album. Yeah, man. And she had Master P host that shit. Who does that? I mean, it was fire, dog. It was. And that's why I think, that's another reason why I think Kanye's going to drop. I mean, like, all three of them released classic material. I feel like he's going to get inspired to try to, do, try to do the same shit, too. I hope so, man. I, I, would, I would really love to get 
a true yay album in 2018. Yeah, man, definitely me too. All right, so all right, so let's look, in, look at some more questions. All right, all right, so all right, now this next question is actually something I'm writing about okay. now that I think is going to be. I'm actually I want to post this on uh, January the first. Um, I don't think I want to be able to post that the Drake thing I wanted to post. But you need to get that Drake um, thing done, I think bro. This is my first. People were wanting it. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I want, I I've been putting this shit off for so long. I've been so busy, man. That even finishing the finishing the piece and writing this new piece. Um, there's a lot of shit going on over here. I buddy, feel you. But, I feel you. Yeah, or knows. Alright, so <laughs> Alright, so I'll Alright, so the next question is what lesson uh what lesson or lessons can we learn from twenty seventeen? Alright, you can take this one first. Um, um well I like I'm gonna give more answers in my piece, but just like a sneak preview. Okay. Um something I learned that I didn't really know before. Sugar is in every fucking thing, man. <laughs> Like, sugar is in every type of fucking food, dog. Like, yo, so I did this, I did I call Whole30. Oh, and, I've heard of this. One of my favorite Instagram yeah. personalities did this. And I watched oh, really? it happen to her live. Yeah. She's an actress. Yo, I don't, like, I don't want to trend. embarrass myself. I'll do it on another this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but like, this shit is terrible like so whole 30 you you can only eat meats eggs fruits vegetables and nuts so you can't eat, you can't eat anything with added sugar um you can't eat any sort of grain which which means you can't eat bread you can't eat rice you can't eat beans you can't eat flour. Mm. So even if you like cook something in flour, like you, you can't be cooking flour. Sounds like hell. Um, oh, you can't eat dip though. Cheese and butter and milk, those are all out. Um, yeah. yeah, and so you can't even eat corn. And so, and that's sort of important because like, like when people cook, basically with vegetable oil is mostly corn oil anyway. Yeah. And so you can't eat corn. And so... Like with this diet, it basically forced you to look at all types of labels, and I could for this diet you can really only shop like the the vegetable section and the uncooked meat section of grocery stores. Damn. And yeah, man, it it's it's because not only you limit your food choice, but you really do see how much sugar is in everything, like. Um, there was one night I, I like got off of work pretty late and I had to like make food for myself and I went to like the grocery store and it's like one of like a large super stores and I aisle after aisle after aisle and all the box food all had like sugar in it mm. and it sucked like it, like it was, that was like one of those hardest times of doing it and I was like a weekend. Um, but actually, I, I completed it on Christmas Eve. And Congratulations! I'm actually going to start it again in January. Thank you. Um, I lost 23 pounds. Oh so, shit! Yeah, man, and I wasn't able to get working out in because I've been like so busy with work and moving and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't able to work out, and so um, I want to do it again in January, but I want to incorporate working out with it 
into a two. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, it's it really is hard because I mean, if if you ha- have to cook for other people, like they basically won't have to do it with you two, or, like making separate meals all the time, um, which is super super fucking trash. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like I said, shits and everything. Like I haven't had a donut. I haven't had like I ha- I haven't even had a bowl of cereal in in over a month. And I wow. love cereal. <laughs> like cereal is my favorite thing ever. And so I had I've had I have not had cereal in forever. Um, so yeah, man, that's that's one of the things that I wrote about, and that's one of the things I learned from this. No, oh, I mean. One good for you for doing out for doing whole thirty, man. Like I'm, I'm planning my 2018. I want to start it out strong and try and figure out what I want to cut out and try to get my my health back uh, in 2018. So I commend you on that. I don't think I'm going the whole thirty route, but to know more about it is definitely yeah. something I'm looking forward to reading about. So kudos to you, yeah, man. man. Thank so you. what did Thank I learn the most from 2017? Everyone's story matters. And yes. that relates to my earlier comment about um, Hollywood outing everybody in hashtag me to move. Even, even in everyday life, man, like you, you, you got to stop and smell the roses. And when I say that, everybody's story matters because it doesn't matter if it's somebody that you're dealing with at your job for 10 to 15 minutes and they tell you the story or whether it's your uh, spouse or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your best friend or your father or your mother. Like, everybody has something to say, man. And you just have to really take the time and we need to be more patient with each other and really listen to people. Because honestly, one of my favorite things that I've done here was sit down and record uh, episode 41 my dad or 39, episode 39 my dad. And to hear him speak, like he doesn't even do a podcast. And like I was listening to him talk. I'm like, he didn't say, um... He would like pause to get and say something. He spoke so eloquently about shit that happened to him 50 some years ago. And it's like, I can't yeah. remember when Angel tells me to go change the laundry. I can't even remember that. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, yeah, like uh, this quarterback named so and so, he uh, was mad and kept tipping the ball. So he just fired in a bullet and then he broke my finger. I'm like, how do you remember this shit? <laughs> like, seriously, dad? And, like, I would have never had an opportunity to find out those stories. Like, obviously, I knew my dad played football in high school. I knew he was a high school referee. I knew he worked for a telephone company. But to hear him say it in his own words was just something that I will never forget. And that's why I want to get him on the podcast again so do that shit again. Um, but just, just anybody, man, because I'll have random conversations with just people in general, like not out in public so much. Like when I'm shopping, it's not like somebody comes up and says, let me tell you about my day. But <laughs> I mentioned this way, way, way back beginning of the show where I have this uncanny ability to get people to talk. And I don't even know if it's an uncanny ability anymore. I think it's more about that I listen and people appreciate that. And so that's why people open up to me. And the, the fact that I'm able to have that gift, so to speak, where I people's stories and then retain it and then be able to do the conversation later on or even 
just give them a, a sounding board for five minutes. That's super important. So the one thing I've learned, story matters. And I think more people can carry that into 2018 and just just listen more, man. Let, let's just use what Marcus said about quietness and let's be a little bit more quiet on our end and, and listen to what's going on around us a little bit more. Yeah, man, definitely. I mean, um, even, you know, coming to you the idea for starting, you know, uh, the, the podcast episodes, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's because I like, I know that you're the type of person that would listen and just bounce, you know, just bounce ideas off and like comments off uh, what other people are saying. And yeah, even the podcast with your dad, like that was, that was a really, really good thing. And I really hope you do, you know, get a chance to do it with him again about anything, you know, about his life or just stuff he knows and had his scene and just his knowledge about yeah. things. And, yeah, man, that was a really special episode, man. That was a really good uh, job. I, I really felt like I, I haven't listened to the whole thing yet. I've listened to, obviously I was there, but I always try to listen to my episodes of guests. And I was I was <laughs> listening back to it. And I was thinking during recording, I was like, I don't think I did a very good job because I was so in awe of listening to my dad. And that's my dad. Like, I didn't think I did a very good job <laughs> of stepping outside of that and being more of a insert. He just kind of he just got into conversation and I just interjected here and there and it was awesome man I'm so glad I have that yeah I mean I I mean this I don't think that is actually necessarily a bad thing like I don't think that um, I mean because yeah, I, I heard the whole episode um, yeah. I don't think that I do think especially with you know our elders it we got to treat them like Allen Iverson sometimes. We got to give them the ball and clear the lane, let them do their thing. Exactly, um, man. Yeah, so, I mean, I figure in that instance, like, you know, asking, like, just even, like, stepping on them or, like, cutting off, like, no, 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 no. Like, I think you giving him his that platform to speak his story and tell his story and I mean, you were the great assist man. Like you were the John Stockton. He was called. Alone, so, um, you handled you handled it really well. So you did a good job. I really appreciate that, man. Thank you. Thank you. No that problem, that was no that problem. was another hot point for the Hyphen Nation podcast, right there. I'm gonna make sure that when I start advertising, I'm like, you did a really, really good job, man. In the quotes, Marcus Robinson. <laughs> Not to downplay hey, everything man. you said, but I mean, sometimes that's all people need to know. He does a really good job. I mean, I'm happy if that's the tagline for the for these series. Uh, he did a really good job. <laughs> uh, it's late. <laughs> you can tell we're getting getting silly. What uh, What is the last question that you were bringing to the table tonight, sir? Or Robinson. All right, so we looked at everything from uh, 2017 mm-hmm. with these last few questions. All right, so for the final question for the night, uh, can we expect from 2018? Um, I have an interesting, considering what I just said about people, everybody's story mattering, I had an interesting answer for this, but I'm going to change it a little bit. I'm, I think we're going to see more people standing up for themselves in 2018. Philistine was a litmus test, so to speak, to see what was going to be what with what's going on with the White House and then just with the changing cultures and climates around America. Just just the general fallout from the 2016 election. I feel like a lot of people was waiting to see what was what. And now 
we're coming into a new year. And I really think that we will see more people standing up for themselves in different forms of life, different paths of, excuse me, different walks of life. And I think it will be a good thing. Now, I don't think, I think there may be instances where dumb shit pops off still due to this because we're all human and humans make stupid mistakes because they fear what they don't understand, hate what they can't conquer. That's just an inferior man. It's just it's not won't hate me now. Um, but I, I really feel like we'll, we'll see more people taking a stand and saying, and saying what they believe in. And I think it would be more for the greater good than for the lesser evil. No, I don't make any sense. Or more for the, more for the, <laughs> it'll be more for the good than it will be for the bad, is what I, I see yeah. in 2018. Um, I think that, I think that's, I think that's partly true, but I think it's going to be more, I think it's all true what you said about people needing to voice, you know, you know, get their, get their voices heard and get like everything out in the open and not, you know, keeping all these sorts of like dangerous and terrible secrets, um, you know, from the public. Yeah. But I think it's going to work also in hand with just like. Um, I mean, 2017 was a really sort of difficult year as far as like uh, political climate and social climate. Yeah, and I, I, I think I think it's going to be a worse before it gets better. But I think that I mean everything that like our current presidential administration, what they're doing, and with like you know just the Republican Party in general, they're going to be doing is going to be adaptation, uh, still turned up like. Um, I don't think this president is going to let up anytime soon. No, and I, and I don't think that our government is going to do anything really about it. So I think we're going to have to, um, you know, buckle down and actually be more boisterous. Not only just with you know just political issues, but social issues also. Um, the the sexual assault allegations. Um, I don't think they're going to slow down at least for the next couple of months. No, I don't and think then, so either. And so it's going to be more about people actually stepping up and doing what's right and calling out what's wrong. Um, I think that is going to continue. Thing. Um, it's going to be, I think, I think 2017 was the year of not knowing how to channel sort of like, not know how to basically respond, but I think 2018 will be the year. Hopefully, it's a year for action. Like, hopefully, it's a year of people mobilizing and actually using their power for good. Yeah, and using their power to act out bullshit when we see it. And I mean, because even because even when we're going back in the conversation uh, with the sexual allegation, uh, I'm sorry, allegations, and unfortunately, you know, our our school we went to for college of the, um, you know, the situation with the radio station manager yeah. there, uh, you know, that was a terrible situation, but I was so proud of our kids to standing up and telling our administration, no, we're not going to stand for this anymore. We're going to boycott you until you do something to make us feel safe. And I mean, again, these are all allegations, so we don't know what's true and what's not. Yeah, total, total allegations there, but I mean, that that's what a lot of these things yeah, are. But, and 
we've seen celebrities lose their job for allegations. So obviously there's more fact and fiction as far as what's been we've seen so far. Like Yeah, man, I mean because I mean there's a thing with people like I mean, it's terrible but people you know, when people bring up sexual assault, you know, to tear down the accuser who want to bring up, oh, what's their motive for doing it? But if all these women, all these people are calling out this one individual, like, their motive is, isn't going to be anything monetary. It's about saving other people's right. lives or getting their lives ruined by this predator. And I think we, I think a lot of people are still going to hold on to that sort of mindset, but I think a lot more people, hopefully going forward, are going to be like, look, I mean, maybe, okay, you want to say like one person threw out about sexual assault. Okay, you know, percentage just say like 9% of accusers are false, right? Okay, but we're going to look at the 91% and we're going to give them the time exactly. of day they actually deserve. Yes. And so, and so, yeah, of all these accusations, okay, maybe there's one. Maybe there's two that's false, but all these other ones that are coming through the pipeline, like we're not going to ignore them, and we're going to make sure that like justice is done. And if their careers ruined, so, you know, yeah. uh, so be it. Like it's a career. Like they they ruin people's mm-hmm. lives. Yes. Like dealing with like sexual sexual trauma in that sort of way, like that's going to affect a person's entire life and for the rest of their life. So. 100%. So these people need to be held accountable. And so I think hopefully 2018 is a year about accountability. And, you know, these people coming to justice and just do. And people standing up for themselves and people uniting against a lot of foul shit. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it, man. Yeah, man. Like, early in the conversation, like I said, like, we're going to stay positive, so us like people standing up for themselves that's all positive oh yeah and so yeah. and so people and so people uniting together and calling out bullshit when we see it that's all it is um and so yeah man i think that um i think the best we can hope for is like i said like i really do think like the presidential administration they're gonna ramp up or keep all been doing yeah but i, I think we're going to yeah, I don't see that changing either. But there's gonna be a lot of, like I said, people actually, hopefully not getting worn down, and people uniting, and people saying, "Look, I want health care. Like, why are you taking away my health? Why are you taking away my social security benefits? Why is are the taxes, you know, fucking us up? Like, why are the right. taxes fucking us over? So, so yeah, man. Like, like I said, like hopefully 2018 is the year of. I think NFL talks about unity, which is all bullshit because they're a billion-dollar conglomerate. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I'm talking about actual unity between actual people. Unity is definitely needed, as the great Stephen Wonder once said, "Love's in need today," and that has not changed at all. <laughs> not changed at all. So, so, so there we have it. We we've done our best of 2017. Silly this time. <laughs> that's the most important yeah and uh third time's the child I, I just want to thank you Mr. Show and Mad Love for uh well, again for your patience with me again working with my crazy schedule and doing this late in the evening 
as I'm sure Leah, it's one forty four my time. I'm sure Leah will be up by six thirty seven. Thankfully I'm gonna to work to nine forty, but still it's gonna be a long day tomorrow. But it was definitely worth it. And again, all that you brought to the table tonight were fire because we've talked about them for three hours easily without breaking a sweat. Yeah, buddy. It was definitely great conversation and I know like like you said, like just the schedules. I mean you have a kid, you have a wife. I mean, I expect yeah, these type of true. things. So, so it's no big deal. Uh, well, I, I, I do appreciate it, man. So, so like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna put the outro tag and the intro tag. I record that separately. So, Mister Newly Anointed, semi regular co host of the World's Greatest Podcast, what do you want to say to the people before you go for the evening? Um. I mean, basically, so the last thing I said this time, I mean, love each other. Um, tell people you love them. Tell people fuck them if you, exactly. fuck, if you don't fuck them. <laughs> I mean, just... I support that idea. Just, I mean, just be honest with yourself. Um, be honest with the people around you. And you know the people to love. You know the people out. Um, so, yeah, man. I mean, you say you're going to do the... Um, the uh, combat jackout. Yeah, show yeah, I'm going to make sure I, that, that I read that at the, for the outro. So, unless you know your head and you want to do it, go, I mean, go ahead I can and do, do it right it. now, man. Go ahead and do all right, it. So, all right, so combat jack, like I said before, this is dedicated to you, buddy. Dream those dreams, then man up and woman up and live those dreams because life is black and white. And universe flows in tucking color and surround sound. Blah. Blah. You ready for combat? <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, boy. Uh, all right. Well, exactly. that's our show, ladies and gentlemen. Marcus, always a pleasure. And uh, until next time, uh, when Marcus gives him some ideas and uh, he says, <laughs> hey, we need to record a podcast, we will catch y'all on the next one. Or I'll still catch your ass down the road. Been watching a lot of. I've been listening to a lot of Stone Cold podcasts. He's dope. He's dope. He's no combat jack. He is. He is. <laughs> Definitely not, buddy. Definitely. Episode forty-five is in the can. Again, special shout out to Marcus showing Mad Love Robinson coming through. I'm doing this more of a down note because uh, that combat chat, sh- combat jack shit, really bums me out, man. But he <sighs> said, "Man, fuck cancer, yo, seriously." But if you want to be a part of the world's greatest podcast, you can find Hyphenation on iTunes. You can find it on your Apple device. You can go download iTunes on your PC. Just search Hyphen Nation and you can have all the episodes right there. When you get there, please take the time to rate, review, subscribe, and share to the show. If you rate it and review it, it gets more eyes on the podcast, gets more listeners. And the more of that happens, the more people are going to get exposure to the world's greatest podcast. But if you want to be selfish and not share it, uh, that's understandable, but just know one day it's not going to matter. I'm going to blow up without y'all sharing and subscribing, but please keep listening. Uh, if you subscribe, you do get every episode immediately to your device, whether that's your computer or your phone. 
So it's available, and then you can listen to it at your earliest convenience. And if you share it, then others can find the podcast on iTunes as well. For all my Android people out there, app I use on Android is Google Play Music. The podcast is available on there. You can find all the episodes. Just type hyphenation on your Google Play Music app. Go to the podcast section, and there it is. And that feed actually updates quicker than iTunes. So there you have it. Uh, there's other Android apps that I know that we're on as well. I've I've checked those out. Shout out to Derek uh, Derek Wright, man. I, I put him on because he knew I had a podcast stuff. He said he started wanting to listen to the podcast. So hopefully he's checked out some stuff. Uh, from there, you can also do Stitcher. All the episodes are available on Stitcher. Uh, you can do the website or on the app. You can also find Hyphenation on TuneIn. Find us on there. And then you can also find us on Pocket Cast as well as Mixcloud. You can on the official hyphen podcast group Mixcloud. Uh, then, of course, you can find all the episodes on victoryjumpoff.wordpress.com, my official site, and on hyphen podcast group, hyphen podcast group.wordpress.com. All the episodes are available on those platforms, on new episodes of hyphen podcast group, and all the episodes are available on Victory Jump Off. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, you can find the show on my YouTube channel. It's called Hyphen Universe right now. I'm going to have to make some changes to that um, because I tried to change the name of the channel and it changed my actual name on Google. And I got to wait 90 days for it to let me change it again, which is like February 1st, according to my calculations. So if you get an email from me, it says Hyphen Universe. It's because I changed my YouTube channel name. So I, I may be in the process of trying to change that around eventually. But right now, youtube.com slash b hyphen or hyphen universe channel on YouTube has all the episodes on there as well in their entirety. So a couple of little recent ones are live. Um, and you can see me actually talking. Uh, but most of the time, it's just the audio and a picture. If you like staring at a picture, as Anthony always likes to say, like he takes that cheap shot when he does the fantasy football boss's outro. <laughs> it kind of bugs me. It's like, look, dude, dude, people will turn on YouTube and listen to podcasts. Trust me. The ringer does that, and it, there's not, it's not audio, man. I mean, there's no video. It's just he actually thinks that when you have YouTube on, you have to stare at the picture. I don't know. He won't listen to this anyway, especially because I used the headset mic. Spoilers, Anthony. I used the headset mic. Talk to Marcus. I'm sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Shout out to my homegirl Demi Lovato. And finally, if you want to put hyphenation into your favorite podcast listening device, use feeds.feedburner.com slash hyphenation2016, and you can get all 45 episodes of fire in your podcast listening device. Yeah. So, I know Marcus did the Combat Jack outro. But for some reason, the audio got really weird at the end of our conversation. Like, it was skipping around. Uh, so, I just wanted to play y'all this one time. This is from Combat's interview with J. Cole uh, right after 2014 Forest Hills Drive job. Internet, you know what it is. Dream those dreams and man up and live those dreams. Because a life without dreams is black and white and the universe flows in technicolor and surround sound. Blow! Rest in peace, Reggie. You're an inspiration. Rest in power. All the blessings to your family. And that's all I really got to say about that, man. 2018, here we come. So before I go, 
and let y'all get on with your lives. I had a very special guest want to be on the podcast and say a couple things. So can you say something, Aaliyah? Uh, we would like to join in a little bit. You want to join in a little bit? Join in with and do what? Um, um pod, podcast with you guys. And podcast with, with you guys? All right, say... Um, say, I hope you like like the show. I hope you like the show. With Daddy and Marcus. With Daddy and Marcus. Tune in in 2018. Tune in in 2018. For the world's greatest podcast. For the world's greatest podcast. Hyphenation. Hyphenation. All right, and this is how we end every episode. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Say, thanks, y'all. Thanks, y'all. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Bye. Bye. I am buying a new computer if I ever make money off of this podcast. <laughs> I got I got iTunes trying to open right now. Okay, go away, iTunes. Uh, okay, everything is working. I can see my audio. You go ahead and talk. Yo, 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 I can yo, see yo. your audio. All right. We're rolling. We are rolling. No time to waste. <laughs> All right. <laughs> cool, man. No, I don't um, want an updated version of CC Cleaner. Oh, my God. <sighs> Shoot. So, I'm just going to do the intro and outro later. So, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll just add it on for Friday because I'm hopefully, I'm dropping 44 in the morning. And I went right. off on Last Jedi. I went off, yo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, I thought you dropped it like this morning. I was looking for it. Yeah, I, like I I finally got the audio done. Like I didn't finish. Like I just got real lazy because I had the first part done on Friday, and then with the holidays and travel and everything, I just didn't didn't get it together to do the rest until Monday. And it's on my computer. I just got to piece it together. It's like two parts. Oh really? Yeah. How long is it? It's only about hour and 20 but there's a good 25 minutes where i'm literally screaming on these screaming at people yo it's bad <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be epic i mean you gotta do what you gotta do man <laughs> I, I had to i had to all right so yeah,